Is it? It is good. Awesome. Yeah, you want to try? Yes, I do. That is the. What is this? The. It says Forest King, but I thought it was the Forest Queen. Mm. This might be a different. Oh, Maybe holy hell. That's all flavor. My God. Coffee milk stout. Yeah. It is. Jesus. All right. So we're going to start off like we always do with that. Ah. Uh, uh, Lost 40. I was there. So I'm just get the introduction out of the way. The guest today is Micah Reynolds. What's up? Renowned Arkansas musician and oh. something really interesting that is really awesome. That's what we're going to talk about the bulk of today. And uh, just talk these move. I know you know that. Yeah. You did oh, broadcasting yeah. and whatnot. Oh, yeah. um, I'm familiar with the mic tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Blackberry Bramble I'm drinking right now from Lost 40. And I was sitting in Vino's parking lot. This is Sunday morning. <clears throat> Just played a big ass show last night with the Gopher Gold dudes. You like that too? Oh, yeah. That's delicious. yeah. Blackberry Bramble is delicious. The, mm -hmm. the aftertaste is mm -hmm. ridiculous. But I'm sitting in the parking lot at Vino's. They don't even open until 1130. And my friend Todd texts me. He goes, dude, Lost 40. And for everyone listening who did not know, they sell everything cans and uh, growlers all day on Sunday. They open at 9 a.m. You can just walk in 9 a.m., snag a six-pack of whatever the hell they sell. Mm. Anything you want. I just feel like this needs to be public knowledge. Oh, yeah. If you're like, if a lot of you are like both of us, you forget to get your alcohol yeah. until it's Sunday. Yeah. And then you're like, what did I do? It's band practice and we don't have anything to drink. Yep. And it's good to know the Lost 40 because, you know, Vino's has always been the standby, but. Vino's has always been my, that's, that's my fail safe. Mm -hmm. Like, well, shit, I got a couple of, there's actually two growlers in the floorboard of my car right now because I was going <laughs> to trade them in. Go trade them in. <laughs> and get the discount. And, uh, and I was just like, well, I'd, I'd rather have cans anyway. And Lost 40, they serve breakfast too. I had brisket and potatoes. Oh, man. It was ridiculous. I've been told a million times uh, to go try their, yeah. their breakfast or their brunch. My yeah. my bandmate, Bobby Lloyd, he works there. He works the, okay. the, wine, kick there, the wine cook there. And he's always like, y'all come for brunch. Y'all come for brunch. Dude. And we just haven't yet. It's <laughs> there was a line out the fucking door. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's always a good sign. It's... Apparently, it's the best not kept secret because everyone tells me the same thing. They're like, dude, you got to go. And I'm like, it's delicious. Dude, it's delicious. I ate the, before my server could come back, I cleaned the plate. <laughs> Granted, I, ha I, did, I basically didn't eat yesterday and then play that show. So I ripped through however many calories. <clears throat> so let's get started. I just wanted everybody to know that it's a hell of a deal. And they're not, they don't gouge. It's the same price. But we're going to get into some music talk. But I guess we'll start. We'll we'll kind of get uh, some of the the music stuff out of the way. So when okay. when did you get your start, dude? Like, what was Man. the what was the what was the thing that got you going for music? So I've always been I've always loved music, and sure. um, I started playing about eighteen years ago. Um, my brother was a guitarist. He was playing with a couple of his buddies that and they were in his same grade, and uh, you know, you the younger brother. Uh, I was like. Oh, I want to play with my brother so bad. Mom, <laughs> Dad, please give me a drum kit. And I begged for years and years. Uh, well, I say years and years, about a year and a half yeah. um, for a drum kit. Tried to, you know, make plans to start bands with my, my friends mm -hmm. and stuff. And um, finally, in the year 2001, I got a combination birthday Christmas gift. And uh, it was a, just a low-end CB drum kit um, nice. that I've actually recently restored. You still we'll have it? In. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. At my... Uh, my my wife's 
family has it now. Her sister is teaching herself to play, so I've, I've let them keep it over in the... That's awesome. Um, it's got a nice vintage warm tone, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, I'm just like, y'all take care of it. It's my first drum kit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's nothing special, yeah, right. but but it, it holds a, a, a very Cinnamon special place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was the that was the beginning of it, and it wasn't long after that, I formed a band called Judging the Silence. Okay. Um, Remember that band? Yeah, we... I wasn't on drums long for that band. Mm-hmm. I was doing drums and vocals um, and had a really cool lineup, keyboardist, two guitarists, bass player. Right. And then after that show, after our very first show, we played uh, in Texarkana. I don't know Where if at, you remember. At the skate park? It wasn't the skate park. They, they had this weird like alleyway park, like gated alleyway park. Yes, I played there you, with uh, uh, a couple of touring acts mm-hmm. uh, came through and we played with them at Juanita's and then that that crazy alleyway park yeah, it's thing. Like brick. Yeah. And the brick stage. It's just like a couple feet off the ground. Yeah. So we played there first and it was, you know, it's kind of weird, but it is weird. <laughs> um, you know, right after that show, we went out, we were eating and, um, our guitarist's brother was with us and he played drums. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do vocals. You're on drums now. Nice. So we did a couple years. Um, I, I can't remember how long we were. See, I was in ninth grade when that started. So we probably did that band for about three Four years. It seems like a lot longer because you know any first right, band is right. Um, well, all the um, learning you're doing, it makes everything just seem so much more more. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, we you know learned the hard way about booking shows everything, and dude. you know <laughs> every everything networking. Those and, and first of course, we were are, we were kids too, so course. we didn't really take it as seriously. I mean, it was fun, but um, you know, once we started to take it seriously, that's when things started to fall apart. But then after that, um, you know, uh, I wasn't in a band for a while. I was going to film school mm-hmm. um, down in Camden, where I'm from. And then I moved to Little Rock. I can't remember why. Oh, yeah. No, I got a, a scholar, or not a scholarship, an internship Oh, awesome. um, at a, a film production company up here. And then right after that, I got a job at Guitar Center. Uh, and that's when I met... Uh, Joey Llewellyn, who mm-hmm. I started in, in Kyridian. Well, he he started in Kyridian. Yeah. I, I was originally going to do vocals with that group, and then we got Erickson Skinner involved. He's a killer vocalist. Yes. Um, and then they put me on drums and <laughs> played with them for a while, uh, simultaneously working on Seamless. Yeah, Seamless. Seamless. Yeah. That band, I, I love that band. Uh, Dude, me too. We've we got to play together a few times. And mm-hmm. that was, we played very few shows, and I wish we I could have played more. We, we probably played like a dozen shows yeah. in our whole I think tenure. we played three of those shows. Mm. How, I wanted to ask you, how much time did y'all spend working on that stuff, man? Because it was so a lot together mm. and just so technical. I remember Seamless being that band everyone had their eye on, just like, oh, dude, you see it. Oh, that, that makes me feel special, but, you know, it, it also at the same time, like, you know, I I had a big part in the production of it. Yeah, Austin Sublet he mm-hmm. wrote most of the guitars, most of the guitar parts. Um, and he he, he would use Tabit and oh, okay, uh, and it's like Guitar Pro, right? Or know, Tux, whatever. Yeah, Tux guitar. Print it, print whatever. it all out and just exactly. here you go, guys. Here's the learn this. So he'd write it all and send it to everyone. And mm-hmm. our bass player he would change his parts. Um, Jeremy R, the guitarist, he would write his solos or right. do his parts. But all the guitars on the album were Austin. He wrote, he recorded all the guitars. Uh, of course, all the drums were programmed, but right. our drummer, Adam Simpson, amazing drummer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so yeah, tight. He, um, he could play anything Austin threw at him. And so he, for the most part, he never changed his parts. He was just like, okay, cool, I can do that. You know, just use yeah. some stupid polyrhythm with all this, four limbs. This weird syncopated thing, like, yeah. just like, it doesn't even make sense, but yeah, I can do that. And he's just doing it like, 
with no effortless effortlessly I piss you off yeah right. <laughs> I that's why I don't play drums no that's not why yeah uh, I actually took a break from drumming for a while because I was um well after Enchiridion I was kind of burnt out on drumming right um and then I picked up skateboarding for a little while oh okay um but don't do any of that anymore because you break an arm you're yeah you can't play drums yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly um but yeah, Seamless, we actually, um, we started working on a handful of songs a few months ago. Um, Whoa. Some new stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it's been a while since we've we've talked and worked on it. Um, Austin recorded a, a, all the guitars for one or two of them and sent them okay. my way, and I've been recording vocals on them. Dude. Um, pretty cool. I, I'll show you some of that later. Okay, I, please I think do. I got That's exciting. Um, and it's, you know, it's that same... It's kind of very reminiscent of reflective, not so much uh, the first one. Uh, dang, I forgot our first <laughs> Tra- <laughs> clarity. That's what oh, it yeah, was. Yeah, clarity. That's clarity. It. I was like, I know it has something to do with vision. Clarity. Um, <laughs> you know, so clarity was mostly heavier stuff, and then reflective. We started getting lighter and more melodic. Um, but for what I, with this new stuff I'm, I'm recording, I'm not screaming at all. Really? Uh, I can still scream. I was going to practice and go on tour with levels last year but okay. I, my schedule didn't, didn't really work out. work out with uh with that uh, do you just prefer on, not to yeah just to save my voice because right. when we were recording reflective uh that last seamless record i was sick for about eight months straight mm. and it was a combination of weather and pet dander and just right. all these factors and and trying to record while i was mm. sick so austin was like well yeah you can't record you're singing, but you should record some screams, and that was a bad idea because yeah. that I lost about an octave and a half of my upper range. All those higher notes that you heard on those yeah. earlier records, I can't, can't even, even touch, get them anymore. touch them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens, man. I, I have to. I sing in a band now, so I have mm-hmm. to like really look out for that shit. Mm-hmm. Like when I don't feel good, I just have to be like, I, I'm not singing at practice today because mm-hmm. I scream a lot too. So it's like. Mm, if I fuck this up, it's over. Yeah. You know, you really got to take care of yeah. it. And you see a lot of stories from those guys on the road that Cove from Sayosin is one of the better examples of that. Just, just going and going, uh, you know, a hundred shows a year, getting sick, drinking, smoking, and then just not taking care. And of then it. you, you blow your voice out and then mm-hmm. it's just gone. You know, and what do you do after that? You know, so it's better to do a lot of preventative maintenance. I think so. Now versus yeah, you know. Yeah, sometimes you just have to know when enough is enough, and just be like, "Look, not tonight." You know, mm-hmm. I. That's a strong thing. It's, it, sometimes it takes too long for some of us to learn that lesson. You know, it took me a long time. I think vocalists <laughs> sometimes you forget that it's an instrument too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be taken care of the same oh. way any other. Like you got to change your strings. You got to. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't change anything about your voice. Oh, yeah. Do I have a friend? He's a vocalist. He wears a scarf in the summer if he's not feeling right. Really? Oh, he'll just like warm it up. Wow. Drink hot tea and stuff. Like he's all about it. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. I mean, again, you got to do what you got to do. To, <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do. To do it, right. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> but after that, you know, after Seamless um, kind of disbanded, I haven't really been doing a lot musically. Um Mostly jamming, mostly just kind of like the past two years, I've just been working on my performance Mm. aspect. Like I haven't done a lot of writing. I've I've written a couple of uh, songs here and there and I've got millions of unfinished 
FL Studio projects on my computer that are <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that are great ideas that they're yeah. like 90% of the way there. They just need the finished vocal or outro part or whatever, whatever. Right. But most of what I've been doing is is working on my performance craft. That's like awesome. Just too. you know, recently last year got my a new drum kit back. I didn't have one for a while. I was borrowing right. or using one that was borrowed at our our old house. Um, so I've been playing drums every day since then, which is exhilarating. Um, still been playing keys and more right. recently trying to pick up guitar and bass again. Weren't um, you doing some broadcast stuff in between all that too? Well, I was doing, um, I personally wasn't broadcasting, but I was joining, uh, the perfect glitch show oh, okay. on KABF. They do that midnight jam. Right. Um, and I, I played with, with, Jack Knight and uh, Sam Treadway, who are part of that thing. Awesome. Um, they've got awesome. a little group called 86 Bits. Mm-hmm. I p- performed with them a few shows, but uh, that was short lived um, due to scheduling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the extent of my broadcast, really, is that, okay. that show. That KABF, KABF show is, is really fun. If y'all ever, if y'all like trippy electronic music, y'all should tune in uh, Wednesday nights from 11 to midnight. They play. Um, other artists, sometimes local electronic artists, mm-hmm. and then from midnight to one, the d- everybody plugs in keyboards, cool, synthesizers, man. drum pads. I gotta guitars, get more into that shit and just do a live jam. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what I was, you know, when I reached out to you, I was like, maybe we can work out doing a live jam on on one of your podcasts. I would or love that. I actually have aspirations to have that as part of this podcast eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the interface. I have, I have, I have gear. I don't know if I have enough gear mm-hmm. as far as like mics and stuff. Like I have a few SM 57s and yeah. stuff, but well, you, I've got drum mics and room right. mics and amp. I've got mics galore now. I've got a bunch I, of them. It's definitely on the, it's on the list of shit to accomplish <laughs> yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I think that's something added, you know, every, not do it all the time, but every now and then have, you know, a guest that's a band. Mm-hmm. I have bands on here all the time. Yeah. I haven't played a song. It's like, too. Hey, step into this, room or the shatter if we get a space step over here like jam out a song for real mm-hmm. don't, don't let me just tag the cd song on the end like let's do it for let's real that's uh, the same as you know like any of those late night shows you got the band on interview exactly. and they play exactly and i don't know if you have ever done any research i'm sure you have but you can firewire connect another eight channel interface yes. to this and extend yes. extended six they actually channels. uh behringer actually i know that's a low brand name but they actually have like one of those diamond in the rough things mm-hmm. it's an eight channel add-on mm-hmm. that you firewire in but it has midas preamps really yeah interesting so, behringer you know they've been hit or miss but they do have a couple of diamonds, they have a like couple of those little gems in mm-hmm. there like and it's only like 200 bucks wow. for eight more channels that's not bad which to those of you listening that interface was like eight hundred dollars yeah. or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, the Sapphire Pro Forty. That thing is. Uh, we were just talking before we started. That yeah. thing is a beast. It's a beast, man. I uh, luckily had a uh, just some Personas preamp. Um, the the add-on thing. Yeah, it yeah. Was, I got it. I don't even know where I got it from. Someone gave me an old rack unit and it had that and a couple of old oh, okay. vintage equalizers. That's in it. awesome. Um, I don't know if the EQs work, but the Personas thing does work, and it's got so you can add those channels to mm, your mix. So I've got it just sitting on top of my my. I've only got a four space or two space rack. I got oh, okay. my power conditioner in the Pro Forty, so I've just got that on top of it now. Um, so, and I've got a a bajillion piece drum kit like I've shown you. So um, I was, I was miking up each piece. I had like a kick mic, a top and bottom snare mic, three Tom mics. Holy shit. uh, A ride mic, a hi-hat mic and two overheads. Wow. 
just to see, you know, just to see, right. what it, just experimenting with it. Well, that's um, the thing with recording drums, man. The more, the merrier, and mm-hmm. you can turn off what you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. So what I've been trying to do is treat my room enough to get a good sound out of my overheads and just bring those individual mics in to support the sound. That's so. the that's what I had to learn, man. The overhead really is the drum sound. Mm-hmm. And then you put those spot mics in just to kind of boost when if, you need it. They're so, they're so close mic'd that they're too dry it's to, too dry it sounds like yeah it, it, does, it sounds worse than a fake kit even, yes you know? nowadays like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah really <clears throat> but it's weird how you think of like miking drum sets is like a lasagna i use that word a lot but that's really what it is you know mm-hmm. you layer it up yeah and every little layer is just a little bit but all those layers together and you get this big full tone uh-huh. but when you so the weirdest shit is when you solo out like let me snow out the top snare and it's like yeah and then you hit the bottom stair. Uh-huh. But then you put the two together. It's crack, it's crack, crack. Big, it's fat, so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, that's the thing that's always fascin- fascinated me about recording. Um, yeah. You know, I started on, I'm sure everyone, I think even Doan talked about it on his podcast, those little two pedal Digitech. Damn right. <laughs> yeah. I had that. I plugged that into the microphone port on my family computer and yep. was trying to record that way. Um, and, you know, now we've grown into crazy cool gear crazy cool gear yeah yeah you just like well now i have all this neat shit and i can fuck around it whenever i want i've actually started trying to force myself to get back into doing more like just like off the wall creative things Mm because sometimes i tend to get lazy Mm -hmm. you know or too busy even to just be like uh and then it just sits there and collects dust for a little bit yeah that one makes noise yeah it's okay cut that out yeah (laughs) um yeah no that's uh, that's something I've been wanting to do. Of course, I don't really have a huge space. Our jam room is about a little bit bigger than this Maybe half like of the room. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. That to, is pretty small. It's a really small. Especially it's it's for, a it's a bit bigger than that. Uh, I don't know the the actual square footage, but with my giant drum kit and mm-hmm. an organ and a Rhodes piano and amplifiers, it kind of space up. eats up quick exactly. then you add four bodies with mm-hmm. four instruments that have to stand at least a neck distance apart yeah it adds up but <clears throat> you know that's one of the things that i i have been more mindful about i i still use fl studio for my composition if i'm mm-hmm. you know not recording but whenever i go to record and write a song now i'm using reaper just because it's the only real daw that i have you know, right because isn't it reaper free too it is yeah. free to evaluate. I've been evaluating it, quote unquote, oh, okay. for like <laughs> seven years. <laughs> I have a really old version too, so I probably should update it. But um, yeah, it's it's free to it's totally free to use. Like it's a yeah. totally unhindered version, and it's like a full doll, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've yeah. heard lots of good things about it. You can yeah, you can accomplish the same things in it that you can with any Pro Tools yeah. or, or, or Logic or anything like that. Um, granted, I don't know. I'm not like the the most mindful or most. I don't have the most wisdom as far as mixing goes, so I don't yeah, know if don't it's either. if it's limited in any way. It works for what I need it to work. It's got the ability to for me to multi-track at one time because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried to multi-track in FL Studio. It is a nightmare. No, I have not because you have to open multiple instances of Edison, which is their little sample recorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great for if you need to just record one sample, but if you're trying to do multiple tracks, you have to open up each one of those, arm them all to record. And then record your thing, and then drag them all into playlist. You, can, uh, I think, in newer versions of FL Studio, you can record straight into the playlist. Weird, but it's still not as intuitive as yeah. just like a regular DAW is. You know? Kind of more of a secondary action than a than a 
what it's meant to be exactly. used for. Because in the lowest versions of FL Studio, you can't. There's no audio recording capability. It's just the MIDI programming. Damn. Um, you have to at least buy the two hundred dollar the producer's edition oh, okay. to be able to record into it. Um, again, I think the newer versions are different than that. I yeah. think the newer ones have a record to playlist feature, but. Again, it's not like tracked out. It's it's open architecture is, is how they describe it. So oh, instead okay. of it being like, this audio is on this track, so all of the effects on that track affect that piece of audio. Now it's like you've got audio anywhere in the playlist, yeah, and you have to link it to a channel mixer track Weird. to add it to. So if you don't, if you're not, if you don't want to be super organized, or if you want to keep pieces like in different spots, uh, I, I know that's that sounds. That probably doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. If a you're not productive, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If it's it is way. It's almost like it's like different. a side chain design instead of a instead of a, a forward like it right is. in front of you design. It is like you're side chaining everything to the mm-hmm. original piece mm-hmm. instead of just having the original piece and putting things on top of it. Oh yeah, that's so weird. It's exhausting for that's that sound- that type of thing. But again, for pro for programming, right? I can program right. drums in a. Heartbeat. Yeah, I have tons I of friends who use it for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so easy because you and they the, love it. The piano roll is just you can click in. It's so intuitive. You can and they have an app too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's even cool. I haven't used the newer version of it. They, mm-hmm. I had the old version and it was it was okay, but they totally overhauled it. It's a totally new. Oh, like totally different thing. So you don't want to like, you don't want to like get rid of the old version and then be damned with the new version that might well, suck. I'm already, I'm already damned with the new version. Oh no, shit. It's, it's not that bad. I just haven't gotten into it to, right. to really, um, I'll show you what it looks like. Oh, look, do you want to watch the getting started? <laughs> Here's a tutorial. Not now. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Show me later. Like, Peace. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, it looks more like the actual application. does. Yeah. Oh, that um, looks cool. But, I've never actually delved into FL Studio, man. Like, but doing anything on a touchscreen versus having an actual mouse and yes. keyboard is always because you've got to do the gestures right. You get if you mm-hmm. want to like delete something, you have to like hold it. And oh yeah, the it. long if hold. Wanna, if you yeah. want to move it, you have to like hold it and then move it. And if you don't do that right, you ins- extend it instead of oh, moving shit. it. It's, <laughs> it's it's yeah. just one of those things that I like. You say you don't have a lot of time and you get lazy and don't have the patience to really right like delve into that. Turn um, on the computer, get everything fired up, get a, or I can sit here on my couch with an iPad and just mm-hmm. fucking tweedly d. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's get into the other thing, man. I think this is really cool. It's like more than just music in our music community. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of things that are, you know, it's not just musicians playing shows. There's a whole bunch of sh- other shit, mm-hmm. and I'd like to showcase some of that stuff. And I think what you're doing is pretty fucking awesome. I actually, uh, so you're doing drums now. You're, you have started a drum is Ozark drum collective. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so you're, I guess you have like a partner in this deal. Yeah. Um, Scott Southern, he's a renowned local drummer. He's uh, a lot older than me. I don't know how old he is. Sorry, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, man. Um, he's great. He's pretty busy. So he, he helps me when he can. Right. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's mostly me, you know, he's, he's provided help on some of the projects and, and, you know, we'll help with funding some stuff. And (laughs) now um, are you just doing refurbishes right now or y'all getting into building right now? Um, I'm guessing the goal is to build your own kits. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, steam bending is the most traditional way to build a drum kit, but right. I don't know if you've heard of stave drum building. That's what most independent companies are doing. Um, you think of it like a, how a whiskey barrel is made. It's got multiple slats that are cut at angles to yes. make a, a round. Yes. That's what they do. They do that, and then they mill it down to the pr- appropriate thickness and roundness. Um, yes. So it's cut out of individual planks of wood instead of having a ply that you steam bend. Yeah, yeah, And that's yeah. what I want to do. Um, you want to do the stave style? Because mm-hmm. I've done a lot of research. You can use pallet wood for that, uh-huh. and I have an almost endless supply supply. of pallet wood working at a grocery store uh you know a lot of them are kind of busted up but if you find the right pieces a lot of them are made of oak poplar some really popular i work flooring and we get i would just had a an all cedar pallet come in Mm -hmm. smelled amazing that's crazy i was like what the fuck don't hardly see that so the goal is to get you know reuse those um try to find reclaimed wood flooring deck wood anything that i can upcycle or recycle that is fucking awesome the goal um, so right now we're doing restorations and repairs. Right. Like if somebody's got a busted lug or a cracked symbol, mm-hmm. you know, they can bring it to us. We can repair it. We can clean it up. We can retune, rehead. Um, I'm also offering conversions. Uh, like if you've got an old Tom drum, like a 12 or 16 inch, any size, I can cut that down and turn it into a snare drum. Ah. Uh, in fact, I was going to bring the snare I made, uh, <coughs> my first prototype snare that I'll let Jared Ives borrow for his deep sequence show. Oh, that's right. He, he, I think he put that on the internet, a picture mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I saw that. So he got to try that. He said he used it in Joplin as his main snare one night with no miking and it just pop filled up the whole room which you know warmed my heart yeah. uh, the first snare I, I've actually like built and cut the snare beds in and cut the bearing edges mm-hmm. and stuff on I, I've recut bearing edges on tons of drums but I've never really done snare beds snare beds yeah so that's the slightly first. different mm. yeah and you gotta be real careful if you make them too shallow yes the snare won't won't grip and react right if you make it too deep you've got wrinkles on their bottom head mm-hmm. it's very meticulous like I think nobody not a lot of people know the the ins and outs of probably drum making. I do. I actually helped a friend build one, but the only thing yeah. is he we did the bearing edges, but he just bought Keller shells. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. But we still had to drill all the still... holes, put the bearing edges in. Mm-hmm. It was still a lot of fucking work, and drilling oh, yeah. those holes out exactly. You got to make sure they're dude, precise. Oh my god, if it's off at all. You're you're, you're screwed. It took hours uh-huh. of time just to drill those lug holes out because mm-hmm. each one has to be equally spaced to the whatever rim whatever lug set pattern you're mm-hmm. gonna have and then you have like this this mat and it looks like something you'd get in geometry class and it's just, yeah, yeah. just this shit everywhere on it and it's if you al- lines, yeah, yeah you align it and then you put the tape up with each line equal distant man it it's was a, it's it a was lot a, of work yeah it was a lot of work it was neat to experience though like you don't really think about it until you do it and you kind of gain a new respect for mm-hmm. You know, just any of it, like especially the independent drum makers that are out there. You're like, yeah, they're doing this every day, all day. I don't know. They probably have a simplified process, but yeah. it's still the amount of time and effort is mm. just staggering. And, and then you get and then you really get to see why, you know, drums are the most expensive because oh, yeah. most, takes, most of those handmade companies, you know, uh, a single drum is upwards of a thousand dollars. Oh, like yeah. a snare drum. Yeah. I saw this company the other day. They were like. We got this limited run of Poplar. We're gonna do a a cheap snare drum at five hundred dollars. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's your cheap snare drum, you know. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't I don't want to be that expensive. I, I want to make my stuff affordable so that I can provide it to my local scene. Right. 
there are a lot of drummers here. There are a lot of amazing drummers yes, here. And I, I, and I want everyone to have a yeah. piece of that. You know? And, you know, just that's cool, too. And, like, you have, like, the... And, they tour and somebody see, especially a reclaimed, upcycled, mm-hmm. material drum set. It's gonna look amazing. Anything upcycled typically looks fucking awesome, uh-huh. really, to me. Yeah. I love that look that, and that relicy kind of mm-hmm. look. And then they can say, "Oh, what's this?" And maybe you have your badge on there, mm-hmm. and it sparks a conversation. And they find it. It's you know, it's word of mouth is always the best. But mm-hmm. man, that's a it's a fucking awesome idea. Well, thank you. I- appreciate that i dig the shit out of that it's been a passion of mine for a long time you know ever since i watched an episode of how it's made on how they steam bent drums (laughs) i was like i want to put it in that crazy press Mm. and then it just holds it there for like what is it 24 hours or something yeah it's a long ass time Mm -hmm. so even that even just that think about like a big ass company like pdp or dw Mm -hmm. or mapex they have all this machinery it still takes a whole day to press one Mm -hmm. drum 24 full hours. Now, we'll say a lot of lower-end drum companies do get Keller shells. Yes. And, and just yeah. redress them. Redress them. Um, I don't know if SJC does that, but a lot of their custom drums are more about the, the finish of them. The finish. Um, they go wild. I did see them make a, a whiskey barrel stave drum, which looked yeah, I really saw cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure they do make a lot of their shells, but... I know like lower, lower end, end yeah. kits are, are mostly killer shells. It's just easier to crank out. I'm sure mm-hmm. the shell comes in and all you really got to do is just drill it and add your hardware. Yeah. Which hardware can get pretty pricey and <sighs> stuff too. Man. I think uh, last time I priced out like a full set of hardware was about $300 yeah. for nice stuff. If you don't want to, if you don't want the steel stuff, hoops. So. Yeah. So you can see why, you know, some drum makers charge, more oh, than that for yeah, you know, independent ones you gotta make they want to make their money back and then some but that's also why i want to upcycle as much as i can to save my costs so i right. can pass that on right because i don't think anyone here is going to buy a 500 snare drum from me not now at least <laughs> well you know? man you never know you never if know. it sounds right and it looks right yeah. and you get it in front of them a lot of times you know that's where the big box stores win is because it's right in front of them <laughs> yeah so online it's kind of a bitch because uh, I, don't I, don't, I don't even know how this sounds, man. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how this is going to sound when I hit it. Right. Yeah. Unless you just don't really care. You just need something. But have you really met a drummer who didn't care what t- kind of tone his drum had? <sighs> well, okay, yeah. No, I take that back. I, I've, I've seen a lot of drummers who just... You know, no offense to any drummers, but, you know, I've seen... Oh, no, 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 no. Seen, offense. You, oh, you, offense. You need to change your fucking heads. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's like uh, you're playing... Yeah. I, don't, I don't do it as often as even I want to, but that's mm-hmm. just a money issue, but I still yeah, do yeah. it two times to three times a year. Yeah. But my drummer, my first man, Josh, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I'm calling you out. Dude, it was, <laughs> it would be like three years. That's, that's if too it didn't long. break, he didn't fucking change it. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. <laughs> that's a little too long. At a certain point, you start losing tone though, if, even uh, if yeah. they don't break. Like I've got, still got the stock heads on my Mapex kit and they're finally starting to lose tone. Um, right. For the longest time, they sounded pretty decent, but now what are those shit with paper. Remos probably. Yeah. Remos. Yeah. Yeah, remember. yeah. I just replaced. Uh, I have a vintage tone, so I have the dry heads on the bottom too, and uh, I just replaced the top ones. You know, I really need to replace the bottom ones, but uh, I went with Evans, mm-hmm. the GC twos. Mm-hmm. Man, you like those? Oh, dude, drum heads. 
I haven't done enough research on drumheads to really know which one I like. Mm. Other than, you know, I love the Aquarian Superkick 2. I'm a kid. Well, that's the, that's, that's, it's a very popular one. <laughs> um, I'm more of an EMAD 2, but just because I'm all boom. Yeah. I'm a power drummer yeah. more yeah. than finesse. So I just need I just need power. Boom. Yeah. And that's what the my original drum kit, I would, I would switch between hydraulics and the EC2s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boomy, good. You can tighten them up and still get some good boom. But uh, these new ones, man, this is the first time I've ever played a coated head on my toms. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I kind of want a vintage tone now. I'm getting snobby in my old age. <laughs> so it's like, I want the right to. Yeah. I, I want to sound like some of my idol drummers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to I get some of that tone that they had. And I was looking around, and those ones came with the Remos, and they were really good, but there wasn't enough bottom in for what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So I was just shopping around, and I just went, with those because they have those diagrams on the back. You know, when you're yeah, buying heads, yeah. they tell you attack is this high ends, this bottom ends that, yeah. and these had the lowest bottom end without a lot of the sustain. So, so it's, it's just short, like, boom, boom, get out of the get way. Get it out of the yeah. way. And dude, I, I love short, short love sustain on my drums. Yes. I might need to look into those too. Cause that's what I like. I mean, I, I like a little bit of, of tone and attack, but just a little. Yeah. I like it to, to just be like, they're like tiny kick drums to me. Basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do, 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 do. Just get out of the way. Just make your tone and get out of the way. Yes. Even my cymbals, like uh, for recording purposes mostly, I put bandanas on them to kind of oh, okay. eliminate a lot of the, the shimmering overtones. I've done really tape bright. and moon gel as well. Moon mm-hmm. gel works really well. Yeah. I've got a moon gel permanently on one of my little stacks because it just says the china, the mini china on it. It's just too much. Uh, Kind of going back to making the drums, man, I... I actually had this idea. I was going to bring, are you, <clears throat> so with drum making, a lot of these independent drum companies have started getting wild. Mm-hmm. They are making shit that just honestly is just insane. Like a drum in a drum, that snare oh. from truth. They put a drum inside a drum. I haven't seen it's that. It's two snares. It's stacked inside. Weird. Yeah. It's weird as fuck. It sounds Does awesome. It sound cool. Yeah. yeah it I'm, sounds I, awesome. I haven't seen that. I got to look that up. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I saw, uh, I can't, I think it was SJC maybe or somebody, one of those guys, they put like spinners on the on the drums, so you play it, the thing just spins around. They're getting crazy. And I, I did also see SJ, SJC made a, I think it was for the Super Bowl, but that uh, it was like a football leather. Yes. And then the rims were AstroTurf. Dude, that's pretty <laughs> sick. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, again, I think that's a lot just to do with people wanting a custom-looking drum kit. Just completely different. Yeah. Uh, you know, I... I probably wouldn't develop something like that myself, but if someone came to me and they were like, I want this crazy finish on my drum kit, I would do the best I could to, to right. recreate that. Right. Um, I've been talking to my brother-in-law who does auto body painting, and we oh. might even work out, you know, if somebody wants a really cool Some, like, sparkle Super high or gloss, like yeah. Like maybe, you know, talk that'd to be, him about. That'd be tight. Here's one I have for you. Painting. Tell me what you think about this. This is an idea I had a few weeks back. And I knew you were coming on the podcast already. And I was like, you know, I'm going to save this shit. I'm going to bring it up to him <laughs> on the podcast. All right. I think this is fucking genius. I'm ready. No, no one else does. What if, so, you know, your Tom, your rack Tom, typically you put either on a pole that's mounted into the shell of yeah. the kick drum, or you'll have it on a snare stand. Yeah. I'm a snare stand guy. Me too. Snare all the way. <clears throat> but it was really convenient. Uh, we were talking about, uh, through text, we were talking about, yeah, my kit used to be stripped down. I played a fucking three-piece. Well, when I went back to not a three-piece, I decided I don't want a rack tom. I want two floor toms, mm-hmm. but I used a 16 up front and an 18 to my right. 
Okay. But they were on legs, right? So I didn't yeah. need stands. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> what if you got a 14-inch tom, floor tom with legs, uh-huh. but converted it into a snare drum? Okay. So it's I actually still... have a 14-inch floor tom right now that I thought about doing that with. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there you go, losers. I was right. <laughs> it is a good idea. It's a great idea. No, uh, are you talking about keeping the depth on it or cutting it down? Uh, into well, a... I was thinking about that because the one I have is a 14 by 14. Yeah. That might be too steep. Yeah. So maybe cut, cut the top off. off to make it like a 14 by like 9. Mm-hmm. That's not unreasonable. No. I think 9. I mean, my snare now is 8. Mm-hmm. It's I huge. had an eight inch deep snare and I loved it. Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. Like but, a 13 by eight. But then nice. use, you know, get some high energy wires. So the snap is harder because mm-hmm. it is so deep. It does have to, you know, crush a lot of air. Yeah. And dude, just like put a sweet, good throw off on it. It'll be down there by your leg. You could mm-hmm. almost trick switch it with your fucking yeah. calf. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So then like, but at the end of the night, you just got the one thing and you just, here you go. And it just sits down, put three legs on it. Mm-hmm. and you can position it however you want. Plus, dude, the the one thing I hate, I don't know if you ever, did you do, you did double kick, surely. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you rock the pedal or the two bass drums? The pedal. The pedal. Yeah. That snare stand, man, I, I hate, if it moves and it goes like underneath uh-huh. your fucking pedal, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden you're trying to grab the snare and move it, and it just... And then uh, you move it out of your, and, and you're hitting the rim all the time. Yep. Because I don't know if you're the same as me. Like, I, I've got a very specific like snare hand and if that snare is just a millimeter too tall or too short like i'll end up hitting the rim or oh, no rim at all like, i set it up exactly i have it perfect yeah i have tape yeah in every position <laughs> and sharpie marks mm-hmm. so when i if it gets moved i know exactly where i need it to go back to mm-hmm. like even my drum throne if my drum throne is one screw thread higher i it's, notice, it fucks yeah. me all up oh, yeah. yeah like my wife she'll play my drums <laughs> and like make it a little shorter because she's smaller than right me. and then i'll get in there and i'm like this isn't right. Yeah. <laughs> gotta spin it up a couple times. Yeah. yeah Justin it's, likes to sit up more because mm-hmm. we share the same gear, me and Justin. Yeah. And so he'll do like a six. I call them the screw threads because it's a, it's just yeah. a threaded. Spin it around. Yeah, spinning yeah. around. And uh, he does six, but mine's four. Okay. So every now and then I'll sit down and like my right. snare drum is like, in the in, your, in the crotch of the jean, like that little bend there, yeah. and I'm like, "What the fuck? This is too tall. This is too ridiculous. Why am I sitting like this?" And I actually like to sit back because basically every basically every snare hit I hit is damn near a rim shot, just yeah. for loud, yeah, fast. Yeah, that, me too. So when you sit back, and I didn't learn this till like a year or two ago, I just would sit right on the fucking thing because mm-hmm. I thought everything had to be like this right up yeah. right up on you but Compact. then i learned that if i come back and just sit straight up but push my snare more forward dude it 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 literally just doing that increased my like potential mm-hmm. i would say at least 20 percent. oh yeah because when you you know playing drums is all about their ergonomics yes you don't want to be uncomfortable behind a kit and it's no. like when you sit down beside, behind someone else's kit and it's uh, like hard to play yeah it's because you know everyone has a different playing style but yeah you're right there there are certain tolerance tolerances you have to hit to make your your playing style really really sing um and that's something i notice. like i see a lot of drummers sit with their snare right up against right the in the crotch i can't I do it do it no mine, no mine normally sits about here you know like just a couple inches from my knees you right know? it's 
Y'all can't see that on the podcast. Yeah, I do. I do it too, man. I'll make <laughs> jokes where I use like my hands and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? They can't see <laughs> yeah. us. The joke is only halfway there. Yeah. But well, I think you can visualize though, but like there is like this perfect amount of distance, like more mid thigh mm-hmm. than like say more up towards the crotch or more towards the knee. Mm-hmm. I've seen people even play like the snare at the knee, mm-hmm. which is too far for me because then they yeah. slouch, you know, yeah. you're going to have gotta, and reaching everything mm-hmm. else. You've got to. Yeah. For I mean, me, it really depends on where like my kick and hi-hat are. That's what I right. do anytime I set up a drum kit. I sit down on my throne first yep. and just put my legs down, and wherever they sit comfortably, that's where I'm putting my kick pedal and my hi-hat. Yes. And then everything else is based around that. Yeah. Um, you know, I sent you that picture. We reorganized our studio recently, and that's exactly what I did. I kept yep. the rack part mostly the same, moving it around, but readjusted the, the snare and kick and, and, and hi-hat kick. distance and already feel like you really mm-hmm. man maybe i need to do that because i've been real claustrophobic with my feet here lately mm-hmm. i feel yeah, like just take it apart and just sit down and redo it no matter how much space it takes up you know it's right it's your you know you've got to be comfortable you know right well it is weird because i kind of play like my legs are kind of v'd in just slightly mm-hmm. and i like i like that but not my right foot mm-hmm. i don't mind my left foot so much because i only use it when you're doing double bass and yeah. it's it's actually kind of a little bit easier for me to go up and down and kind of at an angle with yeah, the other foot yeah. just for speed. Yeah. And, and then that See way I can, people do that. and it's an easy switch too. Cause I can use my heel on the hi hat. Yeah. And just for like quick stops, we have a lot of instant stops, you know, nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it just helps out with that. Yeah. I think, I think that's something I did learn for a long time was just that the setup counts as much as any part as of it. As your technique, how you're holding your sticks, what yeah. you're playing. Yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all a factor in it. I mean, it's this. If you think about it in, a, in an application to other instruments, you know, right? It really depends on how your guitar is set up. It really depends on how your like bass is set up. And play a few guitars too, because like neck length, I never would have. And fret size, I used to just buy whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. Then I finally got a guitar, and I'm like, oh my god, this feels amazing. But in my brain, I was just like, it's just a better guitar, mm-hmm. not thinking. So it's all the other shit. Scale, yeah. yeah, it's the scale. It's how high the strings were. It's how wide the frets were. I got these sausage fingers, <laughs> so I need a bigger fret. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't just play like a, a fast, like those speed, those built for speed, like Kiesel and stuff. Just mm-hmm. that. Mm, not enough. Can't do it. There's just not enough space in there for my hand to, especially down towards like 9, 10, 12, where mm-hmm. everything gets closer and closer. You gotta have that wider yeah, space yeah. in there. What guitar did you say you got the new one? <clears throat> the Fender Modern Telly. It's like HH seven three something. It's it's not. It's a really shitty name. I wish they would name <laughs> it something different. But it's the Telecaster that's an all through body. Okay. So the neck and the body are just one piece. Yeah. And it, dude, that thing plays like an absolute dream. Well, if I'm being honest, I always prefer a neck through anyway. Yes. I don't own any neck through guitar. I only own bolt ons, but. Um, you get more solid construction out of that. Yes. But yeah, no, it's just like that. Going back to drums, play a different, you know, play different types of sticks too. I've been playing the, uh, the Promark Shirakashi Oak sticks for a while. I love them because they don't, uh, they last a lot longer than Oak and they're a little bit lighter. So they're denser and lighter. Um, but then I recently switched over to the Neil Peart. Neil Peart. Peart. I don't know. Yeah, do everyone pronounces it Canadian. Peart. No, Peart. Yeah. Uh, Neil, <laughs> I switched over to his signature 
the rush shirakashi yeah, yeah. <laughs> I switched over to his signature shirakashi yoke sticks and they're just a sl- like half an inch longer and the tip is a little Ooh, bit bigger so really? they've got more heft at the end of them and I like that i'm gonna try a pair you should dude they're amazing because i'm stuck them. on fire grains right now man i, I haven't tried the fire grain they don't break do they not the shirakashi yoke will not break I, i've had the pair i have now i think was um defective because one of the end grains is starting to peel off yeah. but i buy a pair a year what the fuck? Of course, I'm not a heavy hitter, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't like bang on. Um, but they don't. We, they we just beat don't. The shit out of our drums. That's the problem. Yeah. But those I, fire grains, man, they seal in the. It seals the grain up. Yeah. So you have to get through all that, basically natural sealant, because all it does is crystallize the wood on the mm-hmm. outside. And man, I tell you what, you went from a damn near a pair a week to a pair every month. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm gonna try those though, cause I should. they're this those because I was using the the longer Promark uh what are they, seven forty sevens, A's? Mm-hmm. They're a little bit longer. Dude, That's I love what that. His are they're seven four seven W, I think. Dude. So they're I'll I'll I'll, I'll snag a pair of those next time I'm in should. the store. I, I love they're trying out new drumsticks. They're they're worth it. They're all thirteen fucking dollars yeah. now. I don't I, I I only buy those, so I don't know what yeah. I mean I, I guess there are some you can buy those. They're like seven dollars. Yeah, sound like percussion that. that'll break every song. <laughs> Junk. There yeah. is something to a good drumstick too, mm-hmm. man. Because like uh, tone too. Well, tone. Oh, yeah. that's a lot of people don't understand. They like places like Promark and uh, what's Vader. Mm-hmm. They they have a guy and his sole fucking job is to a bunch of sticks come down a conveyor belt and he has this little pad uh-huh. and that little pad is basically a drumstick tuner and he will go boom and he hits it on this thing and it registers a note mm-hmm. and then he'll set that to the side in this cubby hole and it say it's With a G yeah. and it's all the G's go in that note so not only and then they weight match them too mm-hmm. So they're weighted and tone matched and you wouldn't believe when you play with a cheap pair of sticks you feel there's like I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. You can feel the vibration mm-hmm. in the stick, in a cheap stick. Yeah. And it's like, it feels strange, especially with like hitting your snare. It almost it's is like, like a second you hit. You feel it up through your arm. And stuff. Yes. And that's, I really had to, you know, piece that shit together as you go on because I didn't really have anybody here to teach me anything. I was kind of just, you know, seat of the pants learning. I, I, I taught myself everything. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So when you're just out there just like figuring shit out, and you play a cheap pair because you're always just used to playing cheap shit. And then you finally step up one day and spend that $12. <laughs> big money. Right it's there. big money when it's one pair a week. Yeah. Uh, really? And then you play it and you're like, oh, man. Just shit dawns on you like, this is why. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I watched the How It's Made on Drumstick. Dude, I want to make my own drumsticks so yeah. bad. Now, that that is a goal of my company as well. But You make a good stick. I'll be a customer for sure. <laughs> All right. Dude, I fucking, I Damn. am, I am a nerd for drumsticks. I like trying new ones out mm-hmm. every now, every now and then me and Justin do, we'll just go to guitar center. You we'll find like four out. pairs and just be like, fuck it. Let's try these. We've been hooked on fire grains for all cause they're lasting. Yeah. Uh, and we've been writing a lot. So we're kind of just like in this mode. Yeah. You just, you know, like just a, playing a lot. Yeah, just playing a, a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And typically, I don't know why. Do you do this? When I write, I fucking play harder. Yeah, because you're getting into it. You're like, yeah. you're enjoying the yeah. uh, the, the newness. Like, uh huh. Yeah. Like when we we write with our our groups. Um, it's how, like, how many groups are you in right now? Just two. Okay. Um, I got pedal weather with Jeremy McKell. Right. Uh, and, and my wife is playing bass, Keely. Um, and then we've got another trio 
that's almost the same lineup. Again, my wife on bass, I'm on drums, and uh, Bobby Lloyd is playing guitar. Okay. And that's called Bird Bones. Bird Bones. Uh-huh. Both of those band names are badass. <laughs> Thank you. Pedal Weather yeah. and Bird Bones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're both, it's like, wow, those are those are really cool. You know, of course, Pedal Weather, I give that to, you know, Jeremy, that's his, Pedal Weather is his baby. He's, right. he's writing all the songs. Right. Um, and Keeley's writing some bass parts too, but mostly it's... Uh, you know, mostly it's Jim's him, him bringing this stuff to us and, and us just... I'm excited. Know. I think we're playing together in July or something mm-hmm. July for his second... For uh, farewell. Yeah, I just got the flyer. It's in my car. I got to go find a... I got to think of a spot and go stick the flyer up. Nice. We've got our... Yeah, he brought us one and we just had it on our fridge. Just for, you know, for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, put it, we'll probably put it in our band room after the show just right. because we like to collect those kinds of things. But That's going to be a fun day, man. Oh, dude, it is. I'm looking um, really forward to that. I'll have a booth. I'll have an Ozark Drum Collective booth Oh, shit. There. So uh, hopefully have some shirts by then, some stickers. Okay. Uh, if if I still have some drums for sale, I'll, I'll have some of those there. Some of the kits? Yeah. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Dude. That's kits, awesome. Maybe some snares. Um, I'm in the process of working on a 16 inch uh, floor tom snare right now. It's not going to be the full depth. I think it's. Uh, I cut it down to seven inches. Seven I think. inches, probably. Yeah. yeah. Just so it's like a knife, and I'm also going to do one that's like a big fat pancake. Now, when you <laughs> cut out the drum, do you cut out from the middle or do you cut from the top down? It really depends. Um, what side's best? Yeah. If if I'm trying not if I'm trying to avoid the holes that are already cut in the drums. Yes. I'll cut out the middle, the air vents, and the mm-hmm. and the just all the shit that's in a drum. Because otherwise, you're gonna have to fill those right. up, and you're gonna have to spend a lot of time filling all those holes, waiting for it to dry, resanding that down, and yeah. then refinishing it over it. Um, so for the last one I did, the top bearing edge was still good, and I planned on using the the lug. Uh, yeah, I'll get this off. Yeah, sorry, my phone's Vibrate. exploding, no, and I feel like two. I don't want it to be like vibrating. <laughs> vibrating the yeah. two, minus two. Um, but no, this last one, I was, I planned on using the existing lug casing holes, so I just cut the bottom half cut off, the bottom half off, and okay. recut the bearing edge on that, uh, and reshaped the bearing edge on the top. It was um, just kind of dented in, where beat up. Yeah, yeah. It, that that one was from literally a trash kit that somebody <laughs> I used to play with. He brought it over and was like, "Here you go." I was like, man, I don't want this. I don't have room for it. He's like, it's going to the garbage. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. I plan on building drums. It's I'll a keep curse. It. You know? <laughs> now I'm like, anybody got free drum shells, bring them to me, please. Oh, I'll, I'll, I, you know. I, I, fucking, we should uh, sift, sift through my shit, man. I got, yeah, I got, got shit out the wazoo symbols, whatever. just sitting there. Because, uh, you know, at this point, I've, I've got a few clients. Man, you said you're fixing most, symbols, too. Yeah. What, are you doing just, like, I'll cut out the damage? Yeah, like, depending on how deep the cut is, you mm-hmm. know, you can just... I'm going to give people my, my tip here. <laughs> you can just, at the top of that crack, you can just drill, drill it out. Small as hole. long as it doesn't have a, a path to continue, if it's got like... You That's can, what I've always heard. It'll stop it'll the stop spread. It. Yeah. So you can literally just drill at the top of it and be done with it. What does but that do go, for your tone, though? You'll you'll lose a little bit of tone. Okay. And, and I was about to say, I go the extra mile and cut out. Um, I don't have a picture of... Like a U-shape? But, but say, you know, like the crack was the whole length right, of this thing, right. you know, I'll cut out a piece about that big, oh, like okay. a, kind of a U shape, like you said, like a, yeah. just like an elongated U shape. Um, I did that on a, on a crappy B eight symbol that I had, um, just lying around and it, you know, fixed the crack. It fixed a lot of the, the vibration of the crack pieces yeah, touching that, together. That, those pushing together, but it right. also took away enough mass to lighten the symbol enough that it didn't sound like just like, because you know those cheap symbols yes. sound like a piece of metal. Lots of heavy them. bronze or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They put that cheap 
the cheaper material in. I think it's cut. bronze, yeah. yeah, or silver. I can't remember. Um, and that's another thing I, I'm I'm working <coughs> on is uh, is rehammering and reshaping symbols to introduce oh. new tonal characteristics. So Even with like, that, go ahead. Say like take like a twenty inch and it's got a two inch crack and you cut that out. And now you have an eighteen inch crash. Mm-hmm. Are you are you doing stuff like that too, where you're like not yet? I, I've got centers? to I've got to build a lathe. Oh, okay, uh, I got to build a, a symbol lathe. But that's lathe. that's the goal is to eventually okay. be able to do that. But like uh, again, on this this example symbol, this B eight symbol I'm working on. After drilling out that, I started doing some spoke hammering patterns on oh, it. Oh right, yeah. Um, and just kind of a short explanation of what that does is, you know, you've got a piece of metal that's got vibrations going through it. If you hammer and make the metal denser in some spots, it causes disruptions in the the vibrations vibration, and creates sure. a more complex tonal characteristic. So where you know you've got a piece of sheet metal that sounds like oh, when you yeah, hit it, yeah. you hammer it out enough, yeah, it can you can introduce more trash into it. You can't make it sound like a really nice high end uh, no, no, no. symbol, not, not but you can metal, at least yeah. add some trash and complexity to it, some more and it shimmer serves to it. its own purpose. Too. Exactly. You know, that's that's my you throw idea. that in a stack, or, right? Or having it as an effect symbol or something. I had this idea uh, for drums, man, and for a while I was actually doing this. It was a, it, I was call, I was going to call it Frankenstands, hmm. and basically, like every drummer has like stands that are just shit garbage, mm-hmm. but something that I stumbled upon, probably just by being uh, bored, was drum stand pieces making incredible mic stand pieces hmm. and mic stands break unreal that stupid yeah. fucking that thread, thread bit, dude oh, dude it's so weak. how how it's and like, why we should build mic stands because i swear to god yeah let's do i it. would build a mic stand that would last a fucking lifetime mm-hmm. i think they do that shit on purpose oh, yeah. why is the mic stand metal say 18 gauge and then the bottom where this where the threads are <laughs> is just like, as thin as a piece of paper oh yeah i've I had many a stand just break off right at that base. right in my hand dude I, live and i'm playing guitar too and i sit there i'll be holding the microphone and my guitar trying to like chord a note and the fucking thing just snaps off and you're like now what the fuck <laughs> i gotta throw this on the ground yeah what am i gonna do about a mic this mic yeah. is mine too and your shit stand just broke <laughs> that's a good idea no, dude um... just a thick thread a thick body heavy and all all the mic stand is is two thin ass pieces of metal with a plastic doodad in the middle that when you screw down on top of it creates pressure and holds it in place. Yeah. It's so simple. Stupid simple. And they and they cost seventy fucking dollars. I know. What it's what unreal. happened? And the cheap ones, the twenty dollar ones, are you can't even use them. No. I had to pay they you know, I had break. to get a stand pack recently for all my mics, mm-hmm. my drum mics, and that was Super expensive. Yeah. Like, luckily, threw it on this other big purchase and financed it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just dumb that the, that stands are that expensive. Something so, you know, commonly used and so minuscule is that expensive. And it's so almost the same produced. as cables too. Yeah. But you know, cables have a little more. Their markup bearing. though on cables is stupid. Dude, I, I used to work at Guitar yeah. Center. I know how the yeah. markup on cables is. Yeah. Monster oh. cable. I'm looking at you. You seventy yeah. percent. Monster Mogami. Yeah. Oh come God, on, dude. I mean, I love them, dude. Don't get me oh, wrong. Dude, yeah, no, most they of my good shit, but they could me. easily cost twenty dollars less, mm-hmm. and they would still make a fucking fortune. Oh yeah. And how about this? More people would buy your shit, right? Because they could afford it. Because <laughs> nobody's gonna walk into a guitar shop. I mean, I know me. You know, being a broke musician, like most of us are, <laughs> like nobody's 
got that kind of money really unless you're you're signed or whatever but you know uh, if i walked into a guitar shop today to buy a new cable of course i wouldn't buy a live wire because they're the lower end but i would i would buy the middle of the line yeah. as much as i would want to buy a mogami they're twice as much <coughs> as, as the dude i priced one the other day it was like 79 dollars mm-hmm. oh, 79 dollars what for what a mic or an instrument cable it was an instrument cable what's what length i think it was 25 <laughs> yeah that's crazy it's stupid yeah so we're, we're well over a dollar a foot now and it ain't no looking back and it i mean I, the sh- like when you hold the two like the medium and the and the high end you're like yeah man there's a difference but i don't think I it should like be that much of a difference I, I feel like they're only gonna last the same amount of fucking time anyway yeah that's true really? i do have i've got live wires i bought years ago <laughs> and my mogami cables are are still kicking too you know yeah i've just got well I've got a couple of like stereo Mongami cables, but mm-hmm. mostly I've got my instrument cable for my guitar rig, and I've got a, a really a twenty five foot microphone cable. That I've I use tried for vocals. to, I've tried to upgrade everything I have to like thicker gauge. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the microphone cables. That one is the only one left. Oh, you got me talking through the crappy one. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No. I'm kidding. Technically, the other mics are all not. That's that's up on my list. Uh, Road just came out with a new mic, man, and I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna replace this whole table with them. What is it? It's called a Rode Procaster, and it's specifically designed for, podcast. for podcasting. Okay. And it is the shit. Hold on, just a second. I'm gonna look show this shit up and show you, man, because it it has a tiny body, so it's not heavy, mm-hmm. but it's still all metal construction. So they they found a way to make it strong but lightweight. Because a lot of these stands, I mean, these stands are actually pretty stiff, but I had to, I bought these mic stands and then I had to go and spend more money on, you see these little plastic bushings up top uh-huh. and, and even these metal ones at the bottom. See all that metal was smashed together. Huh. So I took them all apart and then, like uh, it out. yeah, and spaced it out yeah. and I, I really need stronger. to, there it is. Yeah. I've seen some like cheaper versions. Of <laughs> Look at this thing, dude. The- Oh, wow, it even has a, it even has a shock mount right here, yeah. so it's like it 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 takes a lot of the feed like table feed out of the sound uh-huh. to almost zero, and uh, you can actually uh, I've already seen people putting where this screw thread is putting rubber bushings in there to take out even more. Yeah, yeah, man, that's really and cool. this I love Rode mics too. They look so <laughs> dude. Rode is on top of their shit. Look oh, at the yeah. front of this thing, dude. This is all metal construction. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love this thing. For the, if you're listening out there and you want like an affordable, this is only two hundred bucks, and I say only, but man, for a in good, the grand scheme of things, yes. microphones can get very expensive. Yeah, and dude, a fucking S with the all the big podcasters use that SM7B. Mm. That motherfucker's four hundred dollars, and then the tail on it's so like the gain is so low that you have to buy a booster. It, mm-hmm. That goes in line, and that's another hundred. Mm-hmm. So for every mic, now you have to have two cables, the damn four hundred dollar mic, and that hundred dollar piece. You're doing yeah. six hundred dollars. So you can spend half of that and get and get less this. Than half of that. Yeah. yeah, and I think honestly, Man. you put like I have one of these fancy pop filters. You put one of those in front of that. I think you're just fine. Yeah, and you can hell, you can even make a pop filter out of pantyhose. I know, and a, and a, just anything. Yeah, yeah. Anything. and just to get the that's the pulse of sound. Yeah, yeah, and. I mean the, I know we're being nerdy, but this whole podcast was designed to be nerdy. So, but the if you're listening, you cannot fault us for that. (laughs) You you knew what you signed on for when you clicked the. It was in the description. (laughs) (laughs) There's links down below, but this thing right here is I think I've spent a lot of time actually trying to find an even because 
you know, buying four to seven microphones is a tall order. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I'll just shop around and when something comes along, I'll do that. And I think I, this is the, I think this is it. That way everyone has equal tonal range and it's just more even. Yeah. I find that when I'm mixing, a lot of times I have to boost these mm-hmm. uh, posts versus that one, but versus this one, cause this one's so much clearer Yeah, and the frequency response is just a lot higher. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and that, that, and then that's my last cable I need. I think these are all Megami. So that cable, those mics, and I think, man, I really re-greased the microphone stands, but dude then you're set yeah, yeah. back back to back to a perfect. killer table too like this thank is you perfect yeah awesome yeah i made this where's this table come you make I made this? it yeah. yeah oh dude yeah that's awesome just pallet lumber and then the, if you actually underneath it's a two by six spine that i made out of an old uh bunk beds oh yeah yeah <laughs> well, there you go there's that that reclaimed yeah know, this rustic. is upcycled from a few things yeah <laughs> So yeah, you've already. I'm just gonna take this table and turn it into a bunch of drums. There you go. There you go. Well, I did have a podcast, and then Micah stole my fucking table and turned it into a drum set. So now I don't have a drum set either. <laughs> but dude, I'm interested. I'll give you one. I'm highly interested in uh, to bring it back to drums. I'm always bring it back to drums. I'm so interested in what you're doing because I don't. I don't think there's enough of that. That mm. that a lot of people do guitars. But you yeah. really don't get a lot of drum stuff, Mm-mm. and I'm passionate about both. Yeah, but drums is my first love, always. Uh, yes, yeah. same here. I, I that's mean, what I started on, and it's cool. I feel like that's that way for a lot of drummers. Like most drummers that I know are drummers and drummers alone. Yes, and and there's nobody catering to that. Yes, I also had an idea for a drumstick, man, a relict drumstick. That would be cool. And I was gonna say I, I plan on whenever I do get into the drumstick making, um, either sourcing local Arkansas yes. hardwood for that. The dowels um, come from a lumber company, yeah, local, or trying to reclaim uh, pieces. And uh, like we we've even talked about like Jeremy McKell is talking about running a promotion with Farewell um, next year. I don't want to give the details away because we right. haven't we haven't worked right. it out, but Work it out. Like kind of a buy-in where if you return an old board you get you know money off your new your new board purchase and then we're going to compound all those old broken farewell boards oh and turn them into lumber nice. stock to turn them into kick beaters to turn right. them into maybe drumsticks uh, we even talked about doing pick guards out of skateboard material oh just like anything we can get our hands on to upcycle to into up-cycling. drums or percussion um yeah that's the goal lots of shit man a wood block a, mm-hmm. like a like get yeah. one and then reshape it into a wood block for mm. uh, custom percussion. I've even, I've even got a bunch of uh, claves. Even when I worked at uh, yeah, claves, 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 the fuck, exactly. Pert, pert, pert. pert. God. <laughs> Let's just pronounce every word a million different ways yeah. today, from now on. Well, you know when um, people listen and they listen to this, they made it all the way through. They're nerds too, so it's just like they're like <laughs> they're like it's clave, it's clave, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, how do you have a place to speak? I'm turning the podcast. Yeah. Off. <laughs> Um, I do it too. <laughs> I do, yeah, I do too. It's uh, weird. Like I was in my workshop one day, just listening to one of y'all's catch up podcasts, and mm. just like you and Justin and a bunch, been Todd and a bunch of people just talking, just like. And for a moment there, I was like so ingrained in my work, I kind of like got lost and thought you guys were there, like actually talking. I was like, oh, I'm gonna input. I was like, oh wait, I'm in my own head about this. <laughs> Podcaster are just strange in that in that right. Like, I do it all the time, man. It's all I listen like to. Trying to connect people, yeah, or correct people. Sorry. Yeah, I get into. Uh, 
I get into uh, certain ones and I'm like, I don't even know if I should be listening to this, but then I'm like <laughs> driving. I drive a lot, so yeah. that's really all I have time to do. And I'm, I find myself, I'm sitting there talking out loud to fucking no one. Yeah. Like they can hear me and I'm like, you're, you're all stupid. This is the stupidest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. And yeah. I'm just, I'm talking, I, I, I always think when I catch myself, the people that drove past me must think I'm fucking insane. Just, <laughs> just talking to them. So. Hey, I, I, I sing and drum in my car and, oh, yeah. and I don't care. I get, I take my drum, my practice pad to work with me every day. No if, shit. I'm, if I'm sitting at the, yeah, yeah. I got a. One of those really cool Drumeo, the P4. Is that the one that has like the the, the little the, the oh oh the multi zone one? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? Oh. It's like got um, the bottom part is like a, <coughs> the bottom half is a blue, and it's like that's your snare zone, and then you got two that are like a tight tom and a floor tom. Okay, it's kind of like a little tighter than the snare, and then like a really spongy one, and then the top ones. A, a oh, so they're even like, different variables yeah, di- like densities. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And the top one's super hard. It's supposed to be like a hi-hat or a ride cymbal or something like that. Oh, that's so you can move around on this pad and, and like get different feels for for different drum kit pieces. It's really it's really awesome. Helps you with the stick technique that. too, I'm sure. Oh, dude, for real. Like I I've never really been that good at double strokes, but ever right. since like like I said, I take that pad with me to work and I'll just sit down on my 10-minute break and just practice my double strokes to a metronome for the whole break. Man, that's killer. I always tell people I learned double bass in uh in a uh, detention really you know <laughs> you just like just the back feet. of school desks man i would just tap my feet until it just got rhythmic for me and now it's just like it's my favorite part i know a lot of people are like off double bass now this it's got its spot it does and jeremy always is like i hate double bass don't ever do that don't do those double bass flams i hate that i'm like dude that's my style i'm gonna do them if i want to do like i respect what you're saying but like yeah that's just what i do i I use my double kick i do too because i don't have most of my stuff is linear my playing is linear i don't do a lot of double strokes so i I use the double kick yes extenuate exactly and add a little bit like so instead of it just being like, you got like, you know, and then it's like, I, I could do that with my hands, but, but I don't want to, I don't want to. And I can and just do it easier with my feet. Yes. <laughs> and it sounds cool because now it's not just two tones. Now it's three tones. Mm-hmm. There's three tones in the mix mm-hmm. because I decided to use my feet, hands and two different toms and sometimes even a snare drum. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, that again, you, it's fucking how you hit it, where you hit it, the 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 speed at which you hit it, the force at which you hit it. What sticks Every, you're playing with? Yeah, what, what sticks you you're playing with? What heads you're using? There's so the fucking possibilities are truly endless mm-hmm. when it comes to drum stuff. Oh yeah, it's just it's such a deep dive, man. When you really start, you start out. You know, we're all young. Drums are attractive because one, they're loud as fuck, <laughs> and two, they seem easier. Uh-huh. I just bang on shit. That's easy. I can do and that. And especially if you're an angsty teen like I was, yes. it's nice to have something to beat the shit out of. Right, right. It's a it's a great release of stress, uh, the day, it whatever. It still is. It still oh, is. But dude, yeah. yeah, it's therapy for sure. If I've got a bad day, I immediately just <coughs> beat the crap out of my drums. But yeah, I've, what you were saying, it's like, it's an attractive instrument at first because it seems easier. And, yeah. But there are a lot of factors that go into Oh man, once you one, yeah, once you get into the life of it and you start yeah. I've I've been coughing more this podcast for some reason. Probably because last night something there was an ass ton of people in that room. Oh dude, yeah, it looked like what two two sixty, three sixty? I saw a four hundred. Yeah. yeah. The last count I saw Kurt said three sixty. It was yeah, three ninety, but that was paid. 
So then you have you think, five bands. Oh yeah. You have all the staff. You have, uh, you have uh, the girlfriends. Every band member got a guest one, and almost every guy in the bands has a girlfriend. Yeah. That's another forty people, dude. Oh, dude it was well it over three ninety. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I just saw the pictures and videos. I. Uh, I it was stupid. I was unfortunately working, so I didn't get a chance to go. Well, but the air in that fucking room. For some reason, I don't think they had the AC on. I really don't. It looked really hot. <laughs> Dude, it was miserable. So when we got up on stage, I told Justin even, but while we were sitting, I was like, "Dude, you might have to do my singing part tonight. Like my throat is dry. So dry. Huh. And I can't get it to I was drinking water like crazy, trying to get it to like moisten up so I could get my, you know, vocal cords going. Mm-hmm. Nothing was working. Finally when we started playing, I started sweating and actually Held up, and I just kind of gave him like that one of those. I got it, kind of thing, because he like looks back, and I'm like, you know, whatever. It's a cue, and then so I did the singing part, and and I got through it fine. Man, after that, was not. By the end of the night, I couldn't talk. I was actually worried about today because I knew I had this, and I was Mm -hmm. like, "Fuck, dude, did I I not be able to talk?" Hey, Micah, you you do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just talk my butt off today. I don't have much to say. (laughs) I'll read them and and respond to them. Yeah, yeah. so back to the drum collective thing you have like so you're starting small which is smart yeah you're starting, starting with, just with like what i've got now refurbishing tools are doing expensive. What you got. oh my god yeah like to get all the tools i need to 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 build drum stave drums yeah like a a, a nice nicer table saw mm-hmm. a planer a jointer all that stuff probably at least a thousand dollars oh at base least price yeah. just for just to get started dude a planer is um, like four hundred dollars oh yeah for a nice one for a decent most one, yeah. like lower end plant you can get one for three hundred dollars but okay, it's got yeah. two blades oh you want yeah. one with at least three blades yes. because it cuts even Smoother, more evenly more even. yeah um so yeah that and alone you have to is do less rips through to yeah. get it all planed you out can, smooth yeah you can like do two rips yeah and, and that's it but but yeah so start uh, starting small now um, right well, I mean, that's that's the right approach, uh, you know, just to like, it's, I don't think it's doing I anything. I think it picks up. Yeah. It's such a noisy. I need oh. to, it just started doing that. I greased them when I first built the table and I think the grease has ran out. I think it's down. It is. Yeah. It's a little metal. Uh, I put a little metal slug in there. Yeah. They're designed to come off. Yeah. This table is designed to be portable. These legs come off too. Oh, really? Yeah. We carried this table in here. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I built it. A few miles away and drove it okay. home. Okay. Yeah, you know, cool okay. shit. Cool shit. Build brag about stuff it. with wood. Brag about it. No, but woodworking is fun. Huh? It is the most fun. I actually gave up on being a musician for about six months uh, when I lost my mind after a band. You know how it is. Yeah. You put all your heart and soul into it, and then it's gone, and you're like, I'm crazy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, everything I've worked for is gone. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do woodwork. But my deal was furniture. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think, you know, drums or whatever, but I just was like, I'll, I'll make couches and shit. So I just started, started like refurbishing. Kind of the same thing, dude. Mm-hmm. Find a chair, make the chair look different. Mm-hmm. And then I would just give the shit away. I never sold it, but... Yeah. Uh, I don't think I was that serious about it. I was in a band six months later, so yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of more more of a time wasting hobby. Yeah, not wasting, but time just taking figuring it out. Yeah, just taking a break. Do, yeah. yeah, I still needed something to burn all the energy I have up, but you know, it was it was fun and it was cool and I learned a lot. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever. 
it's everything. It's always nice to get your hands on a new craft, even yeah. if it's not something you're going to pursue. Like, I feel like it's as just a cool cre- to have that wealth of as knowledge. a creative, sometimes you need a different. Mm-hmm. Like, let me try painting. Who mm-hmm. knows if I fucking suck at painting? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did oil painting for a little while. I was really good at it. I had I have got a lot of really nice paintings that I haven't sold yet, but just kind of stopped doing because I haven't had the time or space right. to do it. But yep. you know, we're talking about getting a new. Uh, Scott and I, Scott's talking about getting a new. Um, he does lessons uh, at Rock City Music. Oh, okay. Um, and he's talking about getting a new lesson studio, and we might look at a place that has enough room for us to put our Ozark Drum Collective shop in there, Ooh. which would be really cool to have a brick and mortar location yeah, where we can say, dude. You know, like, here's our official drop off location. You know, we can even have a showroom where we set up our drums that we, right. we're trying to sell. Ta- put tags on them, try mm-hmm. to sell them. Even have a little and, uh, displays if, for the smaller stuff, mm-hmm, dude. Like beaters and stuff. And if that happens, though, that our it's like right now my workshop, quote unquote, is in a <laughs> is in our spare bedroom, right, right. Uh, and and I've also got like my my heavier tools, like my drill press and, and router table and stuff, out in our garage, garage, yeah. Um, just to not then, make a mess in the room, but you know, you know, if that happens, if we do get another space, I, I totally plan on using that that drum room as a as a craft room just setting it up where i've got my oh, paint corner where yeah. i got all my, my easel and everything set up because i've got bunches of paints and canvas that i right. haven't used and you know i've got pedal kits i need to build like i've still got a phaser pedal i want to build and, oh hell um, yeah you know a lot of that stuff because that's another thing i used to do i used to build do a lot pedals. of uh yeah like before the whole drum thing came up my brother and i were talking about starting a an amp repair and pedal repair and building oh. business, um, which, you know, might still down sure, the line sure, get sure, introduced sure, sure. into the, into yeah. the Ozark drum collective. Um, and before this I was doing keyboard repairs. I was repairing uh Rhodes pianos. Damn dude. Um, and I, I have more recently started, uh, teaching myself how to tune acoustic pianos too. There's uh, a fucking challenge. Which is, yeah. <laughs> God, it's it's something else. Uh, Jesse Kelly from yes, he Mainland does Divide. Yeah, yeah. He, he came out and tuned my late grandmother's piano that I have now. And uh, he's like, I know you do Rhodes, man. It's easy to just transfer that knowledge over to here. And he showed me everything, how he tunes a piano. And uh, I've been working on my uh, my wife's parents' piano. They've got a, okay. an old Wordlitzer piano that's like totally out of tune. And I'm, I'm yeah. you know, going to be working on that. But... You know, the goal is to eventually fold all of it into the drum business. Like, right. I want to get the drum business going because that's what I'm most passionate about. I've been playing drums the longest, but I want to eventually fold <coughs> in the ability to repair and build pedals, repair and build amps, repair and build more of an all over speaker thing. cabinets. Yeah. yeah, just and a big thing I have to like reiterate and tell myself is like. These are big goals. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to have really big goals, yes. but you got to pace yourself. Yeah, the Pacing biggest thing is and patience. Oh, dude, patience is. I, I've I've struggled with patience <laughs> yeah. quite a quite a bit in my life, but you know, if anything, this drum company is teaching me to to be patient, to bide my time, mm-hmm. and to and to like wait until things are right to actually carry out these goals. Um, but you know, my eventual goal or my, the whole idea of the thing is is to be able to provide these services for my local people, right? Because you know, I've got my popular and unpopular opinions about the local music scene. You know, I'm sure. not going to say that no. I love everyone out there, and I'm not going <laughs> to speak my mind about it. But the least that I want, the least that I can do is is provide those people with with the stuff they need. Like if yeah. if you've got a drum kit that 
you think is subpar right and you're like oh man i i, I need a new drum kit Bring it to bring your old kit to us instead. We'll make it sound even better, and you won't even have to go out and spend a few hundred dollars exactly. on a new drum kit. Exactly. You can spend 100, 200 bucks with us. We can rehead it, clean it up, get it, you know, repair anything that's wrong with it, recut right. your bearing edges. That's a big problem I see with. And a lot like, of people don't even understand. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, my drums sound bad. I don't know why. But I see a lot of drummers play without their bottom heads. And, yes. I, and I tell them, I'm like, that's weird. If you. And they're not putting them in cases. I'm like, you're stacking your drums like that. You're ruining that bottom bearing edge. And, yeah. and you don't even realize it. Because um, the slightest nick in there oh, yeah. will you know, cause that head to not sit right. And, mm-hmm. and I have my, uh, I'm almost afraid to show you my snare drum. That, <laughs> that poor bastard, man. <laughs> you got to show it to me now. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're going to cry maybe. It's actually not a circle anymore. Oh, no. It's kind of ovaled out. It, uh, How'd that happen? You know, when you go crazy and you're in the moment and you throw all your shit a bunch, uh, things tend to break and snap off. There's actually a lug screw still inside the snare drum because I'm too lazy to take the head off and uh-huh. re-screw the thing. But yeah. then also one of the uh, tension rods has, I've tightened it and tuned it so much that it actually went through the lug housing. How the hell did it do that? I don't know. I gotta see this. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, but if I play the drums for three songs, I have to completely retune the snare. So every three songs, even if you see me live, I'm like cranking it down. And now is that got your to, your main snare that you yeah. use for? Oh, dang. Yeah. So maybe maybe I should we should uh, get together and try that snare drum thing with the <laughs> yeah. legs. Because hey, if you've got a 14 inch floor tom that you I want to turn into a snare, I have. I have not only do I have today. that, but I have old snare drums too. So I have like parts. Send them with me today. I'll get you set up, man. Dude, that would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to see the the construction, like kind of kind of like uh, what's that document? Yeah, because that seems, dude. I when I had the idea, so clearly you've had the idea too. But when it dawned on me that you could just have a snare drum with its own set of legs, I thought I was a fucking genius. I was like, this is the future. Because <laughs> those two, those two side. I know people are probably like, y'all motherfuckers are so boring. Those two side legs, screw y'all. If you put them up to the front and they go within the inner parts of your double kick pedal, uh-huh. they're now a hundred percent out, out of, of your way. way. And then you've just got that one the leg one in, between in the middle. Your, yeah, and that's nothing because I sit a good six inches back from that anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and if you're like me, I have my throne where it's got two legs in front and one in back. So oh, I can't right. lean back. You know? Yes. So that front leg wouldn't even touch any of my throne exactly. legs. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. And I go. actually have mine set up the reverse of that because I like to lean back. Mm-hmm. I do this. I, I I made a joke one day, and now it kind of stuck. I was like, I want to be known as like the the six gun snare guy because I want <laughs> I, I do like these speed up rolls. Like it starts and it's just real quick. I was like, I want to be known for that. But, I, but I lean back when I do it. And it looks like a like a, I, I feel like it's like a, I look like a western gunslinger. Yeah. So it's like yeah yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm shooting <laughs> guns cool. in the snare. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I like to do that. But what I do is I just offset the two, and it actually kind of is handy. But sometimes the single. So I use uh, very expensive stands. I bought all DW nine thousand mm-hmm. hardware, and my snare stand at least is that way. Yeah. But I, I've got a rack for my studio. So. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I, I'm I play minimal, so I don't have much. But sometimes that single uh, braced edge will go down into the double opened 
part and now my now my fucking throat and my snare are locked together and yeah, I have and you're like sitting kind of backwards at an angle too yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the cross brace it'll land right on top of it and I'm like oh no, oh, no. yeah oh. I'm playing like a fucking Muppet now <laughs> no those those moments are fun though when you like somehow screw up your setup playing live and you're like I'm just going with I'm it now going. here we are <clears throat> The hardest part for me is the rest of my band's equally as crazy. So when I'm trying to unfuck something, I just messed up completely, and I'm 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 not focusing on the show anymore. Now I'm just You're playing. Just like, I gotta by, get yeah, I gotta get this done. Blah blah blah. Like last night, for some dumb fucking reason, the mic, the snare mic, it it fell on my snare drum five times mm-hmm. throughout the set, and I would have to just be playing one handed. And like grab this microphone and shove it up in the the clip, and I was like, "This is a pain." It takes a lot of mental mental energy to do that. Yes, it does. You're already so like it already takes a lot to get your arms doing so many different things, and then to have to like keep the rest of your body going while you're trying to adjust that yes um, that mic because I you know I've got that same issue. I I don't have since I record my drums at my place, I I generally have my mics on there all the time. Right, my fifty seven. Now I've got a rubber band around that around it so it won't slide out of the the thing, but it Ooh. just like pulls right out of there and yeah. just like hits on my snare. Yeah, yeah, easy fix. Just get a rubber band and like put it behind Dude, the clip. That's smart. And it just kind of ca- catches it in there. I don't know why move. I didn't think about that. That's smart. easy fix. Easy fix. I'm gonna start bringing rubber bands to venues. Mm-hmm. I hate. Dude, I love. Sure makes this fucking microphone, dude. It's a drum mic, but it's an all-in-one. The clip, the thing, it's all one. Mm-hmm. You just go, boom, and it's rubber, yeah. and it just clips onto the snare head. I think it's called the E. Oh, it's Sennheiser, the E835, the drum mic version. Okay. And, uh, dude, those things are the best. You put one on the snare, and they, they stay. They, there's nowhere they can go. They're all hmm. one thing. Interesting. They're the best. But this, he had a really nice snare mic, don't get me wrong, but he had the old school clamping system mm-hmm. with the with the actual Tom mic clip. Yeah. And he had to slide like, a real microphone in there. It was just like... I hit too fucking hard for mm-hmm. micro. It for, just vibrates right out of there. Right out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do that same. I've, I've bought like that sure kit that's got like the 52 and a couple of 57s. Yep. And so I use 57 on my top snare and that the clip that came with it and that it's just oh. not tight enough to capture it. No, it's it. not. Like, I don't know why. Just, you would think they would have a pressurized mic clip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. It just, it just isn't. So yeah, I, I have to put a rubber I'm doing band that now. I'm, you, you, I'm, I'm going to put rubber bands in my... I have a to-go box mm-hmm. for just like all yeah, the get a cheap shit bag that might break. Cent bag of rubber bands. Yeah. And just, yeah, I'm doing that. That's a solid, solid idea. Because usually you're just like dealing with it. Yeah, you know, it's like oh gosh, I've had it happen is- on toms, dude. I'll be going and do a fill roll and look over and the tom mic's just bouncing on the tom head and it's like, well, I bet that sounded like absolute shit. Yeah, and God knows what it sounds like outside, yeah. especially if you hit the microphone with your drumstick. Yeah, it's like. Clack. I was like, dude. I made the mistake of just record. I don't now for my toms. I've got the uh, what are they there? Electro Voice. Ooh yeah. I man, can't even EV. think of the uh, the uh, the model name, but they're like the, the small. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Tom mics that. Um, now, granted, they do have their own clips and everything. Uh, man, I can't. I can't even think of what they're called. Um. Yeah, try to bring it up, and I'll, I'll tell you what if I see it. Um, but they, I don't have, I haven't taken the time to like really tighten the uh, the clip, like adjust, like 
I don't even know what you would call it. This, this is part it that, this dude right here, the ND44 dynamic? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so I've dope. Got, I've got two of those for my rack toms, and then I've got one for my bottom side snare. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I've got the, uh, if you go back, the one, the ND. Uh, this guy here in 40 the other 46 that's my floor tom floor tom oh smart Um, yeah uh, because it's got some it can pick up some really nice low ends. those low ends man um put that kick i put the kick drum mic because i have a couple of kids i have the audix d6 mm -hmm. and i'll put that in in the kick drum and then we had a beta the 52 for for the longest time until it broke but we would mic the bottom of the floor tom with that dude and blend the two tones Mm -hmm. from the top and bottom yeah Yeah, that's thick. So thick. Now, see, what's cool about the 46 here is, I don't know if you can see, it's got that locking, yeah, that, yes. that push lock there. So it, you can Whatever maneuver it, it and it just locks, locks in place, in, in place um, which they, is great. But the, the 44s don't have that on the... On I, the I saw. Because I don't know if you saw, it's like a clip, and then the actual microphone itself can pivot yeah, up and down. Yeah, it can pivot. If you don't tighten that up, that will just... Slowly, slowly just, just mm. fall down on your time. Man, especially I, there have like been record. several times like I've been recording, got like a really solid take, and then I realized the, the, the tom, tom changes. The, they're right on the toms. I'm like, fuck. Oh, oh man, that dude. just... That'll oh, eat but, your lunch, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking ugh. Because I know you know recording drums is one of the hardest things to record. It's so meticulous. There are so many parts that go into it, and, and you got to get everything sounding right. measuring tape. Yeah. Like, literally. I think you like you have to have for a microphone equal distance, or, yeah. For a guitar, one mic on the cab, if and you, you might play with it. But for you the might drums, mic two different speakers if they have two different. Like my cab has two different series mm-hmm. in an X pattern, so I'll, I'll put two different mics and just get the best tone from yeah. each one. And that's just two mics, and you might yeah. play around with them versus you know however many mics you need for your kit <sighs> and your overheads and all that. Dude, stuff. even a small kit, you have two for the snare guaranteed, mm-hmm. one for the kick minimum. Two toms, that's five right there. And then two overheads, that's seven. Mm-hmm. And if you want the eighth one, a room mic's always a nice addition. Mm-hmm. Just to blend in. Mm-hmm. Or if you have a sub kick, which is the shit. Now that's something I haven't messed around with very much is the, the sub kick. That's that thing that you mm-hmm. see on the front of the, yeah. I've seen a lot of it, but I've never. That's I've kind never... of a roundness to the kick. Okay. I like it because if you have a really attacky kick, you can still have boom. Mm-hmm. So you have attack and boom. So it's almost like you have two different options. Okay. I actually have one. I'll, I got to check that out. Yeah. I'll, I'll show it to you. It's homemade. Okay. You know, I'll, no, I'll, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen it's just a reverse do. polarity speaker is all it is. Okay. Yeah. I've seen people do that with just old guitar cabinets. They just yep. somehow use it to, you, yeah. Like exactly yeah. You literally, that. you just reverse the polarity and it turns it into a microphone. It's crazy. It's crazy. I didn't know that at all. And then I saw a video on it and my buddy made one. He's like, here, you can use it. Like, Fuck, Fuck yeah, dude. I guess that makes sense because, like, growing <laughs> up, you know, going back to that whole Digitech pedal and the uh, microphone yeah, port did, thing, yeah. I feel like there was one point point where I was trying to, even before that, record onto a cassette tape with just like a boombox we had, and it had a microphone input on it, just like a an eighth inch yes microphone yes. input on it, um, and dude. I had a cheap Radio Shack microphone. Mm-hmm. I feel like at one point I accidentally plugged it into the speaker port and it was playing music out of the microphone. Yep. So that makes sense that, you know, if you reverse the polarity that a output can turn into an input. Yep. It's really all it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird to think about too because that means you could do it with anything. Mm-hmm. Car speakers. I think it's what happens when you know, like when you hear shit coming out of your speaker. I think there's just some weird magnetic pulse going through the air and for a minute your shit's just all weird and you're like, 
You yeah. just hear a trucker from four miles away for no particular <laughs> fucking reason. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's not too far-fetched. But, mm. man, I don't know, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see where your company goes. Uh, I do. I love Honestly. more more than just music too. I just love local businesses. I try to do as much local shopping as humanly possible mm-hmm. when when it's permitted. You know, sometimes yeah. it's not possible. Yeah, sometimes but, you have to go for the big, yeah, the big the, box, the chain big box for... chain shit. Especially with little things like heads. You know, nobody's going to be able to make heads for cheaper than Remo or Evans or anything. No, just the sheer volume. You know, but like. My biggest one is sticks, man. I wish there was something around sticks, drum kits, like actual kits, mm-hmm. or even just pieces of kits, mm-hmm. snares, like manufacturing snares seems like a doable, you know, you only have to make like chunk out five of them and just sell, sell those them. five. Mm-hmm. And then when those five get sold, make, make five, five new more. Ones. Yeah. Make five new runs. Yeah. And that is, that is the goal is to, you know, start with snares and eventually move on to full kits. Like, um, right. you know, I've been talking to, jared ives again like he's my my only endorsing artist right now yeah um you know like i said oh, i let him fucking barley. good one though oh, dude he's, he's so insane dude oh my gosh that dude <laughs> jared, jared i love you he crushes you guys it yeah dude at every deep sequence yeah it's just killer like they're they're great and you know yeah, it's like dude. everything he touches is gold man mm-hmm. he's just one of them guys dude yeah and so you know having him backing me up not only is great for the business, but also like warms my heart because I love that dude. I love that he's willing to like go out of his way to support what I'm doing. And, you know, same for you. Like, and that's, you know, I'm not trying to get a lot of validation. I just want to be able to provide this, this, the service and the, and these products for my people. Like I I love Arkansas. I love the local scene. And I, I want to do my part to, you know, Give provide back what and, I can. And provide you know? and, We're and, working on music and projects to play, but that's that's only part of, like that's kind of just sharing what we do creatively. Like I want to share what I can do, what me personally can can make creatively. Right, right. If, if that makes sense. And just you know, and another thing, like you've been <sighs> seeing this a lot too lately at local shows, man. But pop up shops are now mm-hmm. getting big. Yeah. This is something that you used to never see. It, it was. Every now and then, if there was like a big all day show, you'd have like a couple of people like selling books or yeah. which really was just they'd go to the library and just bring some books and try to sell them. Or whatever. And like but festivals, you see pop up shops, pop, but they're mostly selling like crystals. I mean, and just stuff. La- like last night, there was <laughs> been two, thrifting three vintage stores. was there. Yeah. Who else was there? Roddy's. Farewell Skate Co. and the uh, shit. Oh, I'm going to I sound like such a dick right now. <laughs> Man, yesterday was so insane. Oh, dude, I, I can't. I, I, when you, when you we up. got there, it was just go. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even get a chance to go look at the pop-up shops. Between you seeing all your friends, you're getting pulled every which way, and then... It's hey, a different beast when you're actually performing. Yeah, it's... Like, if you just go... Like, I feel like sometimes I feel like I come off as a dick, but I'm not trying to be. Well, it's dude, like, you've got so many things, things to worry about. Yeah. Like, and that, I, that's, you know, if people think you're a dick for, for focusing on what you're there to do, like, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever. That's, yeah. You know, it I, sucks though. Cause you want to talk to everyone, mm-hmm. but when there's 400 people in a building, you can't talk it, to all those You can't people. talk to everyone. No. Yeah. It's impossible. Until you get on stage and then you can talk to all of them. Right. 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 <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Now but we're no, sweating. I, I get that. Like it's been a while since I've played a show, but, yeah. but I remember that like you get to the show, you set up and you're, and it's just like, it's like a mode. My wife calls it show mode. Mm-hmm. Like your brain just like switches mm-hmm. and you're just like in you this. Don't think about anything mm-hmm. else. You just think about 
doing your best and you know most of the conversations when we get to the venue is hey uh this part this thing like you're you're you've already worked on the show but now you're breaking the points down meticulously like oh, okay well do this maybe set this here i focus a lot too on like setups uh i, I like to go in and read a room first and decide okay we should do it like this uh i spend a lot of maybe too much time working on like the little <laughs> but I, I i always think you know devil's in the details so if you want it to be as perfect as you can do it you have to pay attention to all the little shit mm-hmm. and it's very true and i i don't know Maybe I'm just fucking OCD. I think we all are at a certain in a certain capacity when it comes to our own creative expression. Yeah, because I'm that same way. You know, I'm not necessarily controlling or, or a control freak by any means. But when it comes down to how my sound is or how I'm being represented in the thing, like I want to make sure those details are are right. Yeah, you know, I I don't want to. <clears throat> half-ass a show or half-ass a recording or anything yeah. like that. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know. There's something to be said about that level of commitment though. You know? Yeah. It's hard though. Sometimes, especially when you're doing it all for almost, it's what seemingly is nothing really. Mm-hmm. It's your personal gain. Like how you feel about it after mm-hmm. you're done. It's all for like mental stability or whatever. Yeah. But you know, sometimes it's like, man, shit. I could have just went and been an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> what, where's the fun in that, though? There's no fun in There's that. There's no fun. There's a Ferrari, maybe. Yeah, you could be a good true. accountant. <laughs> you can. Th- that's the thing. Like you can pursue any other career and probably make way more money than yeah. you do as a musician. But way when are you gonna? Fun, yeah, yeah, when are you gonna feel as much fulfillment or joy as? I, I, to me, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like, I mean, that's my ch- that's my church. I'm not a religious man by right. any means, but music is my 100%. religion and yeah. my church. Like whenever I'm, even if I'm by myself, just jamming to a, mm-hmm. a like a backing track or something crazy, or, or when I'm in a room of ten people jamming like crazy, like every bit of it is an is an, a, a religious emotional isn't it experience it's and when it's good man it's not even describable mm-hmm. you're just like oh. you're just like everybody's looking at each other and grinning yeah. the grinning the yeah. biggest grin and all you can do is like dude that jam yeah. that jam that jam that we did for like it was like 30 minutes dude yeah. how the fuck and when 30 I, seconds you know? and then you break it down you're like when i switched you switched mm. did you know i was gonna do that i was like we're I just know, feeling we're it man just feeling it and that's that's <laughs> the beauty telepathy. of it especially when you can get a group of people together that you can feed off of oh it's the best dude man i, I see a lot of bands um not not original bands mostly like cover bands cover like bands. older older yeah. guys who are just just want to play shows they're just there and they're playing the parts and they're you know it's good it sounds great but they're not really putting their whole hearts into it yeah it's it's, more i think that's more of a money thing it's mm -hmm. like here's a thing i like to play music i can make some money doing this on the weekends it's supplemental income Mm -hmm. cool you know it's like a little bit different take on i don't know i as much as you know as much money as you can make doing that i would never sell out to that point I, i've considered joining a few cover bands or starting some cover bands um i still want to do a talking heads tribute band because i love talking heads that would be that would be fucking awesome well tribute and cover is uh, totally different yeah, yeah tributes based around a sole act exactly yeah like you know every led zeppelin tribute band and mm-hmm. i think there's even a few metallica ones now mm-hmm. and 
you know. And yeah, and there's Steely Dan, tribute Steely, bands, right. car, you know, like every big band that you can think has of, there's a probably a tribute band right. for them. Kiss has many sublime kiss. tribute bands. What's that? Kiss has mini kiss. Mini kiss. The the all little person kiss. I haven't seen that. Oh, are you fucking serious, <laughs> oh dude? It's epic. Oh, I you, gotta check that out. Yes, you That's do. Awesome. Mini kiss is fucking mini hilarious, kiss. dude. Okay, I'm gonna it's check just, that out. It's just little people, but yeah. they're kiss, but they're kiss, and they do a good job too. That's crazy. <laughs> And see, that's that's the difference between, I mean, in my experience, between tribute and a cover band. Right. It's like a tribute band is all about recreating what that band, that original band, was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like the the Talking Heads tribute band I've seen, they pretty much did the entire "Stop Making Sense." Like yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that DVD. It's a, cr- a crazy cool I don't DVD. Think I've seen that. Um, I don't know if you like Talking Heads, but they're, I know who they are. I mean, I always do it when it's on, but I'm not like. I don't actively Amazing. search yeah. out or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm not like talking heads. You know? Yeah, I, no, it's not <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, but you know, like most tribute bands I've seen, like they will play the actual set list that band would have played. Sure. And do it in that style of that yeah. band. Um, like when I went to Birdfest a couple of years ago, there was Talking Heads tribute. There was a, a Sublime tribute band. There was hmm. a. Um, it's a festival of tribute bands. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Yeah, it was. Um, it was Birdfest, which originally was Schwagstock, which uh, <laughs> is the Schwag, so they're a Grateful Dead tribute band. Okay, okay. Um, and I don't remember what happened to their their big Schwagstock festival. I think it got busted for drugs or something like oh, that. Oh, imagine but, that. <laughs> um, now they're doing Birdfest, which is a Birds Adventure Center in Ozark, Arkansas. Oh, okay. And I went a couple of years ago when it was still kind of small. I haven't been since then, but uh, uh, Erickson and I went, and we... It was really cool, and they it was mostly tribute bands. There were a couple of original bands yeah. like Mountain Sprout and some other uh, free verse, I think, which Scott Southern played the oh, drums on. Badass. That, you know? Um, but you know, outside of that, like most of what I see, like playing at like TCs in Conway or something like that, it's just all these cover bands, like these people just playing like just simple people blues. People love top covers. forty shit, man. Yeah, you know, I'm not like discounting those people. They're they're great musicians to pull that kind of stuff off, but actually, that's just not what I want to do. I actually you know? kind of started a thing. Uh, not we're covering songs, but we're doing jazz versions. See, that's different. That's so a totally. It's different like a thing. swing jet. Like we did a Folsom Prison, mm-hmm. and we did a Nora Jones song so far, and we're doing a couple of other like what we we what we would consider indie acts. Mm-hmm that are smaller, less mainstream bands, but we're doing, it's like a jazz fusion version of those songs that we'll play. And really the idea is to like, go to like a hotel lobby, sit up, play for four hours. But we want to like, at one, the the girl who's singing has a voice like a fucking angel. Mm -hmm. And two, it's just like, it's a nice pace. It's a nice change of pace. Yeah. I'm playing with my, playing uh, a lot of heavy hardcore stuff. You know, when you're playing heavy all the time, it's It's cool to just be like, but it's we have like this idea like we'll we'll have like not not suit suits but like a down dressed suit yeah. you know like just fancy clothes like button up in a vest or something yeah. like that you know yeah. like just sit there and chill man mm-hmm. we're still getting to play but we're getting to retool these songs so that's fun as hell like retooling Johnny Cash songs man I mean Johnny Cash is my fuck yeah I mean he's in this room twice there he is right There's there the, oh yeah yeah with a pick but like you know. It's that's that to me is fun as hell because it's like not necessarily paying tribute to the legend, but just kind of fooling with it, you know. Just like mm-hmm. what what would my version of this in mm-hmm. this way sound like? Yeah. Plus, it really tests my uh, abilities as a drummer mm-hmm. to like because you know playing loud and fast is all I've really done 
the majority mm-hmm. of the last 20 years. Just beat the shit out of shit animal. Yeah. You know, I've got a fuck tattoo of yeah. him on my fucking arm. Yeah. You know, uh, but now it's like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, man, I want to kind of like do other stuff too. Mm-hmm. The, the loud, fast and heavy is fun. Don't get me wrong. I have a blast doing it. Yeah. I'm proud of all the shit I've done with it. But I, mean, I would, I would gladly return to metal drumming if I had the opportunity, but right. you know, it's fun to mix it up. It's fun to do something different. And it challenges you too. Like it right. cha- like if you're not familiar with that type of drumming, it's <coughs> like, learned, okay, now I've got to rethink yeah. my technique to really make this work. I, even while, like our first practice was Tuesday. And even in that one practice, I learned a bunch of shit. Hmm. First thing I learned, you can hit too hard with thunder rods. <laughs> I was just going in regular and I was yeah. like, this is so overbearing. So overbearing. Lightly tap it. It's gonna I think it's gonna help with my finesse a lot. Mm -hmm. And and I think in turn, like my ghost notes will be more prominent. Oh yeah. I feel like. Uh which is something I got into a couple years ago. I didn't even know what a ghost note was. I was like, what the why would you even play it if it's a ghost note? But Uh you don't understand. It adds that kind of Mm -hmm. texture in there. That lasagna. Yeah, that lasagna texture. (laughs) All that little shit adds up to some complex shit. Mm That's your cottage cheese curds hanging out in there. Mm, that's that it. Is. Ghost notes. That or cottage ricotta, cheese. whatever, which one you want to use. I like ricotta. I like them both. Yeah. Maybe a layer of each. Uh-huh. Some are a little spicier than others. <laughs> <laughs> Spicy layers. So what, if you had to say a realistic time frame, is your is your small frame goal like a two to five year thing? Or is this like just whenever? Are you playing it just? It, I'm, I'm kind of playing it by ear now. Okay. Again, I've got very big plans for the company. I love the a lot plans. Of, a lot of what I've talked about, a lot of what I haven't yes. really talked about because I don't want to put it out there before it's possible. Um, I buy a lot of drumsticks. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> now that, uh, that will probably require like an automated lathe because you want to be it able does. to lathe, yeah, lathe them out evenly. the sticks yeah. the exact same every time. Yeah, um, I've looked into it. It does. <laughs> Doing it by hand is almost impossible. So that that right there is probably like a five plus year goal, unfortunately. Right. But the the drum building from 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 like so upcycling from current shells, that's a right now goal. I can do that. I can upcycle yes. from shells. I can restore your drum kit. You just restored that Tama fix. that Rockstar kit, right? Yeah. That, that thing oh, was dude, beautiful that thing, when it was done. Thank you. Uh, that thing it. It was pretty. It was in pretty good shape when we got it, but like had a lot of black marks all over it. We went over it with like magic eraser and got a lot of that stuff off there. Um, A big thing is is cleaning hardware. Like you don't realize how how foggy hardware can get. Chrome hardware and just a little bit of vinegar or Windex, Mm -hmm. you can just like. In fact, here let me show you this picture. uh, I got a before and after of this this kit we were working on. uh, You like buff and polish and and the. It almost, it damn near looked new, but old, mm-hmm. like vintage new. I liked it, man. And that's what we, that's our goal is to, to breathe new life into old stuff. Like here's right. That, here's that picture of oh, the one damn. on the left is, is how foggy. This is a different kit. This is a Ludwig uh, accent combo, I think is what it was. that we. Yeah. Okay. Re- so I'm looking at this photo and it's two hoops in a hand on a cloth and one is, I'm assuming, from the same drum before it's yeah. cleaned, and one is after. Super foggy. And then the one after looks brand spanking new, Dude, like you'd oh. buy it from the factory. Hey, will you send me this? So yeah. I'll, I'm going to put this on the Instagram post, too. Yeah. Just yeah. so people can kind of get a look at what you're doing. Dude, that, you is, right that fucking looks brand new. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, like a lot of older kits, you'll get, uh, oh, cool, I can airdrop it to your MacBook Pro. <laughs> it's right here. I'll do it right do now. Do it. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, 
and you know they're like a lot of older drum kits have have pitting in them and, and like rust and stuff uh, and like yeah. that you'll 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 want to like do like some wd-40 and some aluminum to kind of get some yeah, that, that stuff yeah. off but newer kits like this if they're just foggy like man the atmosphere smoke anything can fog right. up that that chrome hardware right. and all you got to do is just scrub it off really hard that um, looked that looked awesome i i, I might actually go outside and well at least tomorrow or something and try that on my snare drum because my snare drum has seen all the better days it's basically to the point where i need a new one but you know i'd rather actually uh i'd rather actually fucking do that damn floor tom snare yeah i mean i'll take it with me today i'm stoked this here's, sounds insane here's like here's kind of that kit before oh, oh. drop it on your computer and that's fine it's strong it's made of aluminum um you can, do, 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 you can't do, really do, see, do, but that's do. that's the drum kit before. No, I can see. Dude, um, that's cool, man. And, and this is a Ludwig accent combo CS. Yeah. That's what it looks like afterwards. Oh, it's brand spanking new with some. Uh, we got the damn dude. Genera G two coated or not coated heads, but the the G two heads on it. And, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. There's a guy. That was for a guy named Dennis, and he was like superbly happy with with how that turned out, and which which meant Good. a lot, you know. Good. Oh, that's um, that's what is that's what matters, you know. Good. So yeah, happy customer equals happy uh, happy next customer. Mm-hmm. You know, word of mouth is still the strongest fucking form of any advertising. Because so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, just being good. Yeah, I mean that's that's what our goal is now. Like. I appreciate the presence of social media, but I don't want to rely on that to no, be my no. only yeah. form of advertisement. Like my my goal is to use that as a way to like I have a platform to show what we do right. and show our the examples and stuff. And the examples but and you know we've got people that contact us through the Facebook page or through email, mm-hmm. and that's we don't have a website right now. That's that's how we do our business. Um, but you know, it's I don't I, I want the eventual goal to be like. You know, we work for enough people, and they're just like, "Yo, y'all gotta go to Ozark Drum Collective because they're doing they're doing work." Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't want to. I try to be humble, and I try to speak relatively, like even of myself. But I have very high attention to detail. Yeah. If you bring me a drum kit, I'm gonna like scrub it until it's pristine. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna put, get I'm gonna, everything. I'm gonna away. post that picture. It's ridiculous. The night that that hoop literally looked brand new. Night and day. You right? can't even see the pits anymore. Yeah. Like they're gone. Yeah. That's crazy. And you know, that's newer kit, so it still has some, but like it did have some rust on it. It had yeah. a lot of cloudiness. It had a lot of everything. And, you just know, finger grease and mm-hmm. just all the bullshit, yeah. man. Dirt. That's something people want to think about. Like when you're handling your drums, <coughs> yeah. especially after playing a show, you got all that sweat and stuff uh-huh. on your hands and whatever else Dude, you've been touching. And that sweat is acid to that metal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a a pair of raw hi-hats and I accidentally touched them one day with a, a sweaty hand Green and they the next are, day. Oh dude, they're, they're screwed up Just on the top, which out. I, which sucks, but they're, I mean, they're, they're also kind of patinaed anyway, cause right. they're the Benny Grab sand hats, oh, which okay. are, I love those hats. Yes. If you've never played them, they're, I've heard them. The choicest hats. I um, listen to a lot of symbol videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very particular about my symbols. Like I, I'm, I'm too poor, but I am particular <laughs> about what I'd like to have. Yeah. Well, Hey, I, I'm poor too, but I finance a lot of my stuff through Zounds. Zounds, dude, yeah. Zounds is the shit. They've got that 12, 12 yeah. month no no credit check thing. And, yeah, you know I've got 
payments is lower, really easier than than bulk fucking yeah, price. Dropping three thousand yeah. dollars on it. On I actually thought about like, using Zounds to upgrade the podcast. That's how you I was, should. For those sure. mics haven't dropped yet, but they I, I've looked. They are going to carry them. So as soon as they hit, I think that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. Because I want to uplift this thing, and uplifting a podcast, especially of a voice-only one, would be, well, better microphones. So yeah. That's the first step in the right mm-hmm. direction. But, uh, well, anything else, dude, going on? Interesting? I mean, that's about it. That's the long and short of it. You know, just I'm really excited about some... this, man. I really am. Thank I think you. this is a nice other thing that this state really needs mm-hmm. in its music. I mean, there's there's a void there, and we're, we're trying to fill it. I mean, there, there are people who, um, like, there's Romco who they they. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they service drums, but they've got a lot of vintage drums. They're, I think they're a vintage drum servicing. They are place pretty pricey though. Like yes, we they checked are. them out, and like yeah. you know you can like an unrefurbished old Lug, Ludwig Acrylites, several hundred dollars. Oh yeah, in terrible condition. Yes. Well, poor condition. Um, you know, you'd have to put some work into mm-hmm. them and. Which is great, you know. Like, there's, I guess there's a, a market for it here for him to be, you know, still be doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And you know, I'm not trying to discount what he's doing, but I want to make our stuff affordable. I want to make yeah. it accessible, and I most importantly, I just want to make sure that my local drummers can get what they need out of what we're doing. Because you know, we're not we're not trying to take advantage of anybody. We're not trying to, you know, I want this to be my my business because yes i hate working for the man and i eventually right. before before keely and i have kids i want to be a stay-at-home dad and have my own company where that's, that, that's kind of the big goal of that's this. solid man that's solid like, as a rock several years down the road yeah hopefully i can either quit my job or cut down to part-time that's the that'd be the that'd be the shit mm-hmm. i've always thought about that like what could i do to just work part-time mm-hmm. like this podcast for instance you know mm-hmm. if i could find a way to monetize it and grow it big enough. Mm-hmm. I, God, I would so I mean, much rather do this. It's growing. I haven't met a single person that like when I mentioned, oh yeah, I'm gonna be on Crash Kiss. They're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. It is weird, you man. know. It, it's so so that I actually have. I haven't been. I haven't not noticed. So I've been talking to a lot of younger friends. Uh, like, tell me, what do you think? Because man, I I'm behind the curve. I, I I was born too late. The internet <laughs> was something that existed after I was out of high school. Like, yeah. I mean, it was in my high school, but dude, it was shit. It was dial up. It was you garbage. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't do nothing. It Early was days of the internet. The fact that the internet survived how shitty it was is kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. But enough people were just like, oh my God. And I was just like, whatever. So kind of on me. I should have paid more attention. But yeah, man, I've been talking to a lot of people about what's the next thing because this got way more traction than I ever thought. So mm-hmm. my, my goal was to- For good reason, though. You know, yeah, you, yeah, man, I'm trying. I mean, and I want to uplift everyone as much as I can. I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, the real goal, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. My real goal was just to leave behind like a blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know, if everyone's talking and we're all communicating, uh, communication's key. Mm-hmm. That's what is everything. Especially in what, this digital age where yeah. everyone receives their validation through other people's like, yeah, so posts like, and stuff. And the, like, like these long form conversations where you actually, you can hide in a three minute soundbite you can't hide in a three-hour conversation mm-hmm. you're gonna break down mm-hmm. the walls are gonna come down you're gonna say something or do something and i was like but that's more honest i just want to have an honest conversation well what's your side like what's your side like well how do we all work together because it seems like we all want the same shit mm-hmm. we want a thriving music scene that we can all come up in mm-hmm. I, and and here as of late man man i mean dude just the last two days vino sold out rev room damn near sold out like mm-hmm. 
That's it's, crazy. Yeah, it's the music scene is growing a lot, and it's, and it's cool it's, to see. It's cool, really cool to see. Now, I, I haven't unfortunately haven't been a part of it for several years since Seamless kind of fell out of fashion. Right. But, but you're coming back. You got those two bands, Birds something or other, Bird what Bones, Bird Bones, and Pedal Weather. And Pedal Weather. Bird Look. Bones is cool. Uh, that just like one of Bobby's coworkers called him Bird Bones because he's kind of skinny. Yeah, skinny. Uh, and he's like, "That's my band name." I guess. <laughs> I, yeah. I like it already, and I've never even heard it. I'll uh, show you some stuff after. Hey, we do plug that. all your stuff real quick. Uh, like, where can we find Drum Collectives? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, you can you can find me at uh, Ozark period Drum period Collective, and that's for uh, Facebook and Instagram. Um, our email address is ozark.drum.collective at gmail.com. If you've got, if you want to reach out to us that way about collecting anything up, of course you can find me at Micah Reynolds on Facebook or, or Instagram, uh, Micah Reynolds drummer or sporadic studios on Instagram. Um, those are my, my kind of personal pages. I, I do personal post on sporadic studios and then like my drum related, right. Performance drum related stuff on Micah Reynolds drummer dot, or at, you know, on Instagram. Um, and then outside of that, yeah, just if you can just search Ozark Drum Collective, you should you should find us. Awesome, awesome, dude. Well, and seriously, anything y'all got? Drums, cymbals, you know, if it's within the real, if it's within the realm of possibility, we can make it happen for you. That's awesome, all yeah, that, that's important. That's important. And and if you think you're, I think that's one of the bigger things to coming on here too is to let people know it's like. You don't have to go buy a whole new drum kit. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to have yours worked on. Yeah. We we can make a subpar, quote unquote, subpar drum kit sound like, you know, we, we can't make it sound like a DW or of something course. like I that, mean, but we can make it sound at least mid-level or more. Yeah. We can do our you best to- upgrade the tone and the yeah. sound and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, we've talked about a lot of factors in, in drums. It's It's not just- the drums themselves it's no. the hardware it's the heads it's the sticks it's how you play yes. them there's you know a whole host of of, of factors in in the drum and i'm sure you could even stuff. help them with that stuff too man mm-hmm. i mean you're seasoned so uh, answering questions even mm-hmm. just you know yeah i mean i i don't claim to be the most knowledgeable drummer you know i'm well, still yeah. i'm self-taught and i'm you know, just kind of figuring things out as I go. Like right. we were talking about earlier, you know, once you introduce yourself into new genres, you, you kind of like learn newer things about yourself and yeah, you know, I think it's important playing more low volume funk mm-hmm. type stuff. You know, I've, I've kind of learned to tro- control my dynamics, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's just it. Like being a drummer has as much or more expression than being any other instrument player. I, I think that that and vo- vocals to me, mm-hmm. You know, and then I think bass is just a drum kit with strings. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the but the, I think the most dynamic things you got is your vocals and your, mm-hmm. your drum kit. Man, I fucking love drumming. Mm-hmm. It's it's next level. That's why I was excited to come talk to you because I knew you were a drummer. Yeah, or you know that drum spirit is just I nerd out, man. I can talk for days and days, but I'm fucking got this thing I got to go to and Michael was kind enough to come over in the morning, man. I really do appreciate you for doing that. Hey man, I'm, I was excited to have, to have I know you had to work last night, so <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I got in bed early enough to be here. Okay. So. I, I didn't, but then my old body decided to just say, wake the fuck wake up, up. three and a half hours sleep. Now I gotta go do this other thing, but dude, I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, you'll have to come on again for sure. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk shop about, uh, you know, the old days of the music scene and what that kind of crazy time was like, cause yeah. you actually were in that weird space 
Yeah. Like Seamless was definitely in that era of those weird, just those weird, that weird era here. Yeah. And I've always it's kind of that transition between. Man, it was such a strange time. It was. It really so, was. Maybe we'll get a couple a of transitional musicians in here. Yeah. And we'll all just wax about the old day, like <laughs> how awesome. weird it was. It's kind of hard to describe, man. It was like this whole thing was falling apart like a fucking sinking ship. Yeah. I, you know, like the conclusion of downtown music hall and all that. Just everything. And it was it so was weird. weird. And it all yeah. happened so fast. Mm-hmm. Just a few and years. Now here we are and Boom. things are thriving again. And it's, it's impressive it's awesome, and it's in- inspiring. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, man. And everybody, yeah. you know where to find us on the fucking internet. The links are in the description. So, and uh, if you do, man, uh, uh, text me a couple links. I'll put those in the description yeah, as well. Yeah, Y'all guys you. can actually just link down, find Micah's stuff. Go check him out. If you're a drummer and you just want to even just like see what he's got, just go check him out. And maybe he can even help you fix some shit that's broke, man. But other than that, everybody, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.